Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Runnan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And today we're looking at the greatest superhero movie casting choice of all time. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> in Spider-Man. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm here. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I believe next week we have Spider-Man No Way Home coming out. We are recording this so far in advance that we have I've not seen a, a trailer yet. And for you were looking No Way Home. I was, but it's not dropped. They're they're holding out on us. So mm. I'm sure listener, you're like, well, clearly it's gonna come out in a week and a half. So you've seen a trailer and you're like, yes, we know all these things. But right now it's like Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is supposed to be back. Jamie Foxx's Electro is for some reason back. Rumors of Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Rumors of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield maybe popping in. We're doing a whole multiverse situation. Uh, so it feels very fitting to go back to this original Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man film. Uh, as, as several of these people might be popping up in, in this new one. Making a repeat appearance making that repeat appearance which uh is i gotta say is exciting i really enjoyed this film when it first came out uh so let's get into it spider-man came out on may 3rd 2002 and was directed by sam raimi and written by david kep amy joe what is your experience with spider-man had you seen it before yes i saw this in theaters probably it would have been the first week or two it was out uh i was finishing up my freshman year of college and i saw this in boston with at least one of my roommates. And I've probably seen it once subsequently. I saw the second one on a bus. <laughs> and then, what, a, what a place to see a, a, a movie like Spider-Man 2 on a bus. Yep, yep. Donna Murphy was so small on that <laughs> tiny TV screen. And then, um, and then but I, that talent so that the talent that, is that Broadway vast. talent so good. That's she knows so how to play to the back. <laughs> so even on a tiny screen, I was able to receive um, naturally. And then uh, I have seen uh, Into the Spider Verse, which I loved and we've seen that a few times now yeah. and um that's my experience with all of the spider-man yeah movies. You skipped, i've just given all of it to you yeah you skipped that spider-man 3 didn't need it or went off the rails where we got you know toby toby as a evil spider-man dancing dancing on the sidewalks doing wow. his like uh staying alive riff Yikes. Yikes. Uh, and you skipped the entirety of andrew garfield spider-man tenure and no, you no so interest. far skipped all of tom holland and probably will continue to do so not probably it will have to be a, a an, for the pod it'll have to be for the podcast or something where like our niece and nephews accidentally were to coerce us into watching it all our cat in the hat oh experience. there's see there's no coercion like tom holland is so charming these new spider-man films are fun but like that's honestly like if we they're a little young now but like our niece and nephews in jersey are like nine right mm -hmm. now listener and like if they if they were a little older to like if they were like we're coming into new york also you know post pandemic and like that's that's a film that i'd be like you like spider-man well i'll show you spider-man homecoming or even this although i feel like even this they're like this is too slow this is there's not enough immediately happening mm -hmm. for my attention span delay they, 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 into the spider-verse oh yeah yeah we'll they'd be do. better off playing the video game Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, but they're fun. Tom Holland is very fun in those films. I think you'd enjoy them. But uh, I get that. I'll never know. You'd <laughs> <laughs> I will say. And <laughs> I will say that you know this is 
uh, as the listener will probably know, we have been kind of backlogging a few of these episodes. And so this is one that I was just like, oh, right, that's still on the list. I was very much not looking forward to Mm -hmm. this. I was like, this is going to be a drag. And then it was so fun. I mean, again, I haven't seen it (laughs) in like 20 years. So, um, oh my gosh, in 20 years, that heights um like 19 years regardless only 19 years only a mere 19 just shy of two decades um but it was so fun really from from the jump i was like oh right this is a fun movie i liked this so i rescind my earlier cynicism glad to hear it mm. and i also saw this in theaters i remembered this movie this was like the movie at the time because this was, I mean, May, yeah, May 3rd. This was the start of the summer season. Yeah. And it was so big. Like X-Men was that first like real big superhero film mm-hmm. for the aughts. Like go, it, it really felt like a new, you know, we had, we were kind of the tail end of the Batman forever, Batman and Robin in terms of like the superhero movies I was seeing in theaters. And X-Men felt like, a, it was like, this is the start of something new. And then Spider-Man felt like it really clicked into place like for for high schoolers like this was the biggest movie superheroes for a new millennium it for a new millennium for a new millennial uh and like the, but this bridged the uh <laughs> the high school click divide that i was invited like other classmates of mine were like jeff we're going to see spider-man this weekend do you want to come and i was like i didn't know you knew my name. <laughs> but they knew you were nerd enough. They knew. Well, they knew. I just noticed you they, were wearing a Spider-Man shirt as we record this. <laughs> you better believe I am wearing my Spider-Man shirt. It is the cover of the uh, that initial uh, Spider-Man comics of, uh, what is it, Amazing, Amazing, Amazing Fantasy. Fantasy. Uh, I forget the number. Because uh, I'm a nerd, but I'm not that nerd. I'm not the nerd that knows all the particulars. I mean, I'm, I've only read a handful of comic books in my life. You are among... You are mainly a movie nerd um, that, you know, likes these other nerdy things. But more, uh, I have, in my experience of you, as how they relate to film is where you know all your knowledge. Right. I've not really read comic books, though I have read a novelization of a Spider-Man adventure. Someone wrote, (laughs) of like, Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. And I got to tell you, that was a banger of a book. That book ruled. (laughs) That book slapped. That book slapped. Um, But yes, I saw this with, like, a group of classmates that I wasn't really even close with. But everyone was like, we all are seeing this. Like, everyone has to see this movie. This is an event, uh, and I enjoyed it. I mean, we watched it on the DVD that I own, but yeah. And then the second one to me is the best. The second one to me is like one of the best superhero films. I mean, a Alfred Molina is Doc Ock, crushing, uh, and it's just a really good film. But I these guess first a, two, a bus really wasn't good. the optimal viewing experience. Um, Probably not. I but... don't really recall it that much. <laughs> I'm unsurprised. And yes, I've seen I've seen all the Spider-Men. I saw those Andrew Garfield ones. I did not enjoy them. I saw these Tom Holland ones. I enjoyed them for the most part. This last one was pretty silly, but it had the return of J.K. Simmons in that end credit stinger. And I got to tell you, I can't remember the last time I was so like the per- like the friend I saw it with, like we were clasping each other's hands because we were so like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, J- it's like the vo- you could hear the voice. They're like, we're going to the Daily Bugle with J. Jonah Jameson. We're like, wait, what, what, what? J.K. Simmons on the screen again as J. Jonah Jameson blew our minds. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that he's got to be back for this No Way Home, I'm assuming once again haven't seen a trailer, <laughs> but I'm sure it will be. Uh, and yes, all the Spider Mans I've seen, including 
Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Oh, wait, I on saw the that. You sure did. I neglected to re- to mention <laughs> that I saw Spider-Man turn off the dark. It was Spider-Man like, okay, for those of you who are at all familiar with the epic process of this musical, I saw version two, but before it opened. So it quite famously was in previews for like nine months and they like reformatted the whole thing. I thought it was over thing. a year. It was only nine months. I thought they were over, was a, over year a year previews. Maybe, maybe that's not right. Maybe Regardless, it's... it was previews are usually right. 30 days. Two weeks to a month is usually previews for a new Broadway show. This was in previews for the better part of a year. Um, one of my friends, a, a colleague of mine I worked with, um, her husband was the music supervisor on it. And she was like, well, I had bought a dress for opening night that was supposed to happen in like the fall or something like that or she bought a dress that was like a three-quarter length sleeve because it's supposed to be cold when they opened or something and then she's like all right well now we're gonna open in the summer so i had to get a different dress for opening because it was so many months later but yeah so i saw it on a first date um (laughs) because the guy i was going with uh, had gotten comps because he was a photographer and would like get called in by Broadway world whenever they'd have like someone fancy in the audience who would go up and do like a photo op with the cast after the show he'd get called and be like hey can you drop by take some pictures and like jet off so they like gave him some comps he and and you know we're like texting and we don't really know each other that well because we hadn't gone on our first date yet but then he was like just so you know, it might not be good. And I was like, oh, I'm counting on that. So it was wild. It was, I, you know, everyone's trying. I did just feel like all of my senses had been assaulted for like two hours. Did you still have the shoes number? No. Or did they, they cut That's the what version number. two right. cut the shoes number and the, the geek chorus. So. Yes, they cut the geek chorus. Yeah, listener, there's an infamous, and which you can find on YouTube uh, if you search for it, that uh, the original villain, Arachne, had this number of like that Mary Jane. Why does Spider Man like that Mary Jane? What does she have that I don't have? She she's got she's only got two legs. I've got eight legs with eight shoes. Just this number about I shoes. couldn't even tell you. A number about the fact that she can dance around with eight shoes. I don't know. A Hubris. lot of my understanding. Hubris. Yeah. So Julie Taymor directed it, uh, who who famously like brought the Lion King in, you know, um, to great acclaim. But then Bono and the Edge wrote the music, and apparently. Everyone on this creative team was like, we're going to do things like Broadway's never seen before. And my my friend whose husband was like the music supervisor, a music copyist, maybe that's what he was doing. But she she's a w- woman who at this point was like in her late 40s, early 50s, who'd been working on Broadway like off and on since the 80s. She's like, look, you can do things differently than it's been done before, but not if you've never done a Broadway show and you don't know why that's done that way. There are you need reasons. To, you need to know the rules before you can break before the rules. Before you're like, we're not going to do it that way. It's like, there's a reason that people do that because it's hard to make a musical on Broadway work. And these things tend to work for most people. So if you, yeah, if you want to break the rules, at least do it with the understanding of this is going to make your life and process <laughs> potentially easier and your show better. Yeah, I mean... Right now, I'll say strong recommend the book Song of the Spider-Man, which is from the book writer, the original book writer uh, who not got ousted. But I mean, there's just so many shakeups behind the Mm -hmm. scenes and it's a fantastic read. It's bananas of what went on behind the scenes and of how many people like the injuries alone. Uh, So definitely recommend Song of Spider-Man. And yes, I did see the show as well, which didn't plan to. But I was in a rehearsal for a play and uh, we were on a break. You know, you don't you can't be having your phone out you're in rehearsal so i had my phone in my backpack and we're on a break and i check and i had two missed calls from my dad that just said call me back as soon as you get this oh no 
and three texts. It was like, did you get my voicemail? Please call me back. Did not tell me what it was in relation to. I am calling. I'm like, who died? Who's in the hospital? And he picks up. Thankfully, he picked up. Thankfully, I didn't go to voicemail, which I would have been really mad about. Mm -hmm. But he picked up and was like, Jeff, I just saw that the Broadway Spider-Man is closing. I need to get tickets. When are you free? (laughs) Information that is so readily communicated in text that it's just like the the, the thing of like you don't understand now, when you well then now it is more of an understanding sure. i feel like with parentals so of funny, like oh, yeah, okay i like, could text you this and that'll be a you, quicker way to get when information. you call a millennial <laughs> and then you don't send them any info in a text i assume the worst oh it's just always one of the funniest things to me of how, like this is not an emergency <laughs> i'm working You're giving me a heart attack yes and then he wound up not being free to go so i wound up taking a friend and it was just the dumbest time by that point it had they'd like sanded off all the edges so it was like the most boring version of the right. show it could be like we we're just here for tourists yes, uh, and for nobody sure. else but like tourists we are here for people that nothing against that but we are here for people that english is not their first language we are yeah. here that you are just here for the, the spectacle and the visuals yeah. and nothing else for sure and you know what i will say Patrick Page, who we've mentioned on this show before, was the the Green, the Green Goblin. Goblin, and, and he's he crushing. was having a great time. He's played Scar and Lion King. He was uh, the uh, he Frollo, was Frollo in, in the Hunchback, Hunchback production that was out at Paper Mill. Yes. Yeah, he, he's he's played every villain, An amazing villain known to man. Right. But um, but yeah, also I this this person who I went on the date with, we were both doing um this like workout challenge so we were eating very strictly and also neither of us were like drinking which is a problem when you're seeing spider-man turn out the dark you want to be drinking exactly right and so afterwards we went out to like have tea because we're like we're not (laughs) drinking and we're both like trying to process what just happened and we're like stone cold sober feeling like did i ingest something and not know it because i feel so out of it because it's just like it was it was a lot sensorially and he had house seats so they were great seats yeah. but i was like i probably would have been better off sitting further away so i wasn't like oh what's happening it was wild yeah we were in the mezzanine we, but we were like near the front of the mezzanine which honestly better i, I think that's I better than the front of the mezzanine seats, for a yeah. show especially a show like that but also it was great because at the end and like the bow like the end when the I forget if it's after Bowser before when Spider-Man just keeps like swinging to all of like, then he like jump, he swings all the way to the mezzanine to like land and like give you like a point and like a thumbs up. And it really feels like he's swinging like, boom, don't forget to visit the gift shop. Swings Bye. over somewhere else. Boom. Stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> swings over here. It's like, eat your vegetables. Wee. Just like the silliest way to end your show, but also the only way to end your Spider-Man show. For sure. Uh, so that was a fun digression. Should we talk, we talk about, about the film? The <laughs> but let's talk about Let's turn this on film, the lights. Which, if this film had not existed or had not done as good of business as it did, we wouldn't have even had that bomb it's of a Broadway musical. absolutely true. Uh, maybe we would have had a Batman musical instead. We would have had something else of like, or X-Men. Maybe we would have had some other superhero oh. property that's like, what's popular? I'm what are the kids like? I'm shocked no one's like? tried to write a Batman musical with like a really dark 
Like I think I think Star song. Kids did the ones who did the Harry Potter musical. I think they have a Batman musical. That as well. feels different to me than like well, we're yeah. trying to bring to Broadway like right. the Batman property with a whole song about Crime Alley. You know, yes, where the mean, Joker gets like a, a Grinch second act number. <laughs> you know, I hate it just imagining it. Uh, so as for this film, this is the first movie to gross one hundred million in its opening weekend alone. Oh, at the time, no other movie had done so, even when adjusted for inflation like that's how big that this movie was Uh, and they've been trying to make this movie since the 80s which i'm glad that they didn't i'm glad it took them they were able to do so much more i mean you can spot the cgi a mile away but it still is like fun it feels like watching a video game now right and at the time like the cgi was really good like even now i'm like yeah some of this like really holds up some of it like especially there's like the one fight scene i think it's when he rescues i think it's before the upside down kiss mm-hmm. i think it's there because it's also like in the more in the dark yeah when it's obviously cgi but in the dark they hide it really it's hidden mm-hmm. really well it looks like it still holds up really well i think outside of just being like well clearly this is not a human being doing these things right uh which is also a plus for that tom holland that he's like a he's like a gymnastics kid or oh, that wow. he just has like all like before he was first cast people were like who is this kid uh and then he's like doing the instagram videos of him just like doing backflips just doing like let me just do a backflip like oh okay you could do some actual cool things without any cgi unassisted yeah uh but back in the 80s both toby hooper of texas chainsaw massacre and poltergeist and james cameron were attached to direct at one point And then when they were trying to make this like late 90s, starting to get this Uh going, Tim Burton, Roland Emmerich, Ang Lee, Chris Columbus, Jean DeBont, M. Night Shyamalan, Tony Scott, and David Fincher were all considered to direct before Sam Raimi was hired. Those are all incredibly different versions of this movie. Yeah. The only one I know is that David Fincher, his pitch was he wanted all of Spider-Man's origin to just be the opening credits, be an opening montage of how Spider-Man became Mm Spider-Man. And then it would follow the comic book line of the night Gwen Stacy died, which is in the Andrew Garfield. Emma Stone is Gwen Stacy, which is like the other love interest to Spider-Man besides Mary Jane Watson. Right. Uh, And that, which is also a green goblin story, but so that would have been such a different movie. Yeah. Uh, and no idea what everyone else would have wanted. But apparently one of the reasons Sam Raimi got the job is that he is an avid comic book collector in his private life with a collection of over 25,000 comic books. The guy's got the receipts. <laughs> He's got them receipts. Uh, so let's get into it. Spoilers ahead. If you've not seen Spider-Man or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. On a school trip to a genetics lab, high school senior Peter Parker is pining for his fellow classmate and neighbor, Mary Jane. Literal next-door neighbor. Yeah. While taking her picture, uh, he's bitten by a genetically engineered super spider that's How gotten loose from the How did this spider get out? Point one. Well, it is a super spider. So it's got all... Well, they, they bred with, like, all these spiders. This one is uh, whatever, has spider sense. This one has uh, super yeah. strength. This one is this. And so... I'm assuming it's just, you know, it's a smart, strong spider. It's like an octopus being like, it's an escape expert. Ooh, octopus man. Now that's a superhero. Dr. Octopus. True, but like for a hero. But yeah. specific, but also if you get bitten by a radioactive octopus and you're just in New York, it's like, what do you do? You're fighting crime in the Hudson? Like, you're still like, I think it's... <laughs> I'm fighting crime and grime in the Hudson. Yeah. Who knows what's going on underneath those murky waters? Oof, <laughs> nothing good. Nothing good. Also... As you pointed out, great 
photo acting from Kirsten Dunst. Great getting my picture taken it and I'm trying to like so, do a funny pose. So accurate to high school <laughs> where she's like starting off and like, okay, I'm just doing, I'm kind of like making words. I'm like, oh, like, just, like holding up like a notebook, like, like, oh man, look I'll at take, this. Look at this amazing, I'm going to take a note burn. about that. Uh, it's like, so funny. It's very charming. It's it sets so, them so up in a way that has no, you're not reading any like future romance. You see it's not supposed to be in the cards but like it just felt very that like high school rapport i thought like was captured so well i 100 percent agree and i think this is a it really kicks off like this chemistry between them which i think is one of the strong points of the film sure. and of the, the both their casting uh meanwhile Peter's friend, Harry's father, Norman Osborne, old Willem Dafoe, owner of scientific corporation Oscorp, tries to land a military contract uh, by experimenting on himself with an unstable performance enhancing chemical, immediately goes insane and kills his assistant and steals this flight suit and glider. Also the first of him smashing these glasses. And that's before he's like had the chemical. Yeah. He's just like, he takes the drink and then <laughs> throws it down. He throws it down like he's Thor asking for another mead. It's yeah. so silly was, today. It, it was just so funny. It's like, what I mm. <laughs> when he like throws his whiskey across the room later, like what, like it, you know, in the next act of the movie, I was like, well, that I get you're a troubled man at this point, but this is like, ah, this is why Oscorp is trying to oust him, you know, unnecessary expenditures. He's blowing through their glasses budget. Yes, he for He's keep sure. them. Peter wakes up now with a six pack and not needing his glasses. Hooba, hooba, he said to himself <laughs> hooba, in the hooba, mirror. Indeed. Uh, and at school, he discovers that he can shoot spider webs from his wrists and has accelerated reflexes and an increased ability to sense danger. So this scene where he catches Mary Jane, Mary Jane slips on some spilled OJ, he catches her and her lunch tray and all of her lunch has mm -hmm. fallen through the air is all practical. There's no CGI in that. They just put sticky something to like the bottom of all of the food and the tray so that he did it practically in camera. And it only took 156 takes. <laughs> Which and that's like, like, that's your David Fincher movie when yeah. you've got 156 takes to nail a scene. Uh, but at least that is like, yeah, I guess that could take 156 takes. Nobody thought about magnets. Be great if like he nailed it and then Kirsten Dunst just blew the line. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter defeats his uh his high school bully flash thompson mary jane's boyfriend young joe manginello uh which mm -hmm. man those you know you're in 2002 just looking at that hairstyle on him yes a hundred percent bottle of crew gel spiking that hair Hundo up P. yeah uh so he winds up beating him up uh he realizes he has spider powers and can climb walls and be a, in general a spider-man uh, so having heard about his confrontation with Flash, Peter's <laughs> uncle Ben counsels him that his famous quote with great power comes great responsibility. And Peter's like, you're not my dad. And I'm going to go enter a wrestling tournament to raise money to buy a car to impress Mary Jane. Kid, you're going about the wrong way and for all the wrong reasons. It's true. But this all oh, this whole wrestling sequence is so good. We get Bruce Campbell as the wrestling announcer. He's great. Uh, and then this, I mean, all these like wrestling babes that are just like, go home to your mommy, spider boy. Lucy Lawless is one of them. No. No? She is the punk rock fan of Spider-Man who's just got like a, like, I forget, like, uh, some dyed wig. And oh. it's like, so he's a guy with eight arms, huh? Sounds hot. 
She's that's Lucy I Lawless. I see. I thought I misinterpreted. It would make sense for credit. Lucy Lawless for uh-huh. Zena to be one of these, but that's oh look okay. Macho Man Randy Savage's bone saw is iconic. Mm-hmm. All of our high school, we had all the guys would just go bone saw. They thought it was it's incredible. But if he had to fight, if Lucy Lawless is instead the wrestler, mm. if Lucy Lawless as bone saw. That's it's more satisfying something. to see him take down Randy Savage. This is true. This is true. But I I still want Lucy Lawless to be yeah. a badass wrestler. Come on. Didn't uh, love the very early 2000s like gay panic Did your joke. boyfriend buy husband. that? Or you're sorry. Or did your husband buy that for you? Okay. Well, at least he's acknowledging gay marriage. But that, it was not a no, thing you could do course, at that course, point in course. time. And well, in any states in 2002? Uh, and I think in like mass like maybe, you know, mass. but, but um, certainly I, not course, widely. Course, yeah. All these women just yelling at Tobey Maguire and then immediately like the last guy that got beat by Macho Man Randy Savage being wheeled away going, my leg. Oh, God, my leg. It was great. One of the, like the moments where like, oh, we are full blown comedy here. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciated. Uh, he wins his first match, but the promoter cheats him out of his winnings. And so when the promoter is robbed, Peter lets the robber escape. This might be n- I'm nothing against this actor. I think it's the worst acted line in the film is him. It's also probably just written this line of him like that guy just stole my money or whatever it is. Like you just let that guy get away. And now he got away with my money. Yeah. The way he hits my, I was like, you know, again, he could have been directed. It's like, Oh, could you hit my for us a bit more when it's like, but in reality, if you've just like cheated this kid out of like two grand plus, you know, you're not going to hit my in that way because you know, you just did that, you know? And the security guard was like, Hey kid, why didn't you stop him? Hey, high school boy. Why didn't you stop hey, that man guard with, with a, a gun? gun. <laughs> this bleached blonde man with a gun. Famously, you can't get a man with a gun. You can't. Hey, as Annie Oakley said, can't get a man with a gun. As she sang, really. As she sang. Uh, shortly after Peter immediately, he exits, he finds uncle Ben, Killed by a carjacker. Well, he's almost dead. They do yes, get a moment. You do get Thank his goodness, because scene. that last moment in the car between the two of them, where he like, you know, he gets out. He's being a real teen. Yeah, he's being a real teen. And Uncle Ben is like so hurt. Yeah, you know. And I was like, oh I well, know. so much Cliff acting. Robertson getting you're, in the you're feels. Acting so hard, and it makes me sad. So that then, especially when you know this dude's gonna be dead so soon. <laughs> Yeah, they at least have some, a little small final moment. Yeah, I'm uh, here. I'm he, here with you. Yeah. yeah, he pursues the carjacker only to find, whoops, the carjacker is the guy he let get away that stole the wrestling money. So, you know, it's all your fault, Peter. I don't see how that's my problem. But now oh, it's my no, problem. Oh, no, it is my problem. <laughs> uh, the robber accidentally trips and falls out a window to his death. Meanwhile, Norman uses his armor and glider to disrupt an experiment by Oscorp rival Quest Aerospace, killing several people in the process. But the following day is shown to have no memory of the event. We're getting full Willem Dafoe as Jekyll and Hyde. We're getting some Gollum and Smeagol. That I that whole sequence of him at the mirror, I love. Oh, it's so good. So much. It is 
because it's just like a long shot on him before just to establish what's happening before they start cutting back and forth. So it's like also really well edited. So you're like, I get what's going on. Also, you have an actor who can handle that and make it look easy. Yes, it's so well thought out of how many shots are like on the mirror as he's like, that's right, Norman, don't you remember what you Mm. did? And then he just turns around. And so now we're on his face as if it's a different character. Like, no, no, what are you what are you saying? What do you mean mirror image of me that you're seeing it like all in the moment that he's switching back and forth? And that's so fun to see. And so the uh, Peter graduates and decides to use his abilities to fight crime in the city, becoming Spider-Man with a much better outfit than what he starts with in the ring. Truly, we don't get any backstory on how he got this great spandex. That's notoriously difficult to like fit properly. You're growing up like not not a lot of money growing up in Queens, so he's probably gotten used to having to like sew you know sew some holes. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, these are the only jeans we can afford to get you. You know, we're trying to make ends meet, so you gotta get good at sewing. That's different than like I'm excellent at tailoring spandex to fit my form he's wearing baggy shirts and jeans yeah it's true which uh yeah you're right you're right i don't know i don't know he uh there's some uh company that he sailed away for they're like this is some uh fetish gear that we're i don't for you i don't sure. need a lot of info but a little would be helpful <laughs> you know i need a two shots or something where i'm like oh, i get it i get it and then we meet iconic jk simmons as j jonah from the jump perfect incredible i just saw recently his audition tape has just popped up on youtube and it's like there it's there's no difference it's just he's already there yeah he's already ready it's such a great example of like role meeting actor and it being like oh yeah there's no one but this to be the choice this is the best choice yeah, so we're introduced to the Daily Bugle newspaper where Peter is trying to make some money as a freelance photographer. As I mean, they are, it, it's a good laugh of all these pictures of Spider Man that are like from Perfect. inches away. Yeah, incredible. incredibly, incredibly composited shots. Yeah. Uh, it's like, ah, crap, crap, mega crap. Ah, I'll give you 200 bucks, kid. Like, get out of here. Um, I'll give you meat. I'll get, I'll send you a basket of oh Christmas my gosh. meat. <laughs> Uh, but Jameson is using all these pictures to discredit Spider-Man, believing no. him he's a menace. Uh, and meanwhile, Peter and Harry, <laughs> he's a menace. He's a menace. Peter and Harry move into an apartment together, and Peter learns that MJ and Harry are dating because he runs into her leaving her diner shift. It's like mm-hmm. how so she like she's her and Harry are dating, but it's like is Harry just like you can never come to my apartment. We will date, but you can never well, come to my apartment. maybe they've been like Peter going can't out. Know. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe, you know, maybe he also knows what nights Peter is like working or something. like. I don't know. It feels like he feels so awkward about it that maybe they're going over to her place, you know. Or he's just such that rich kid that it's like we, we, our dates are never just hanging out at one of our apar- apartments. We are just like going. I'm taking oh, yeah. you out to expensive places. Well, that also places. It seems very logical that it's like I've got a trust fund and well i mean they fully say it's like they'll be after your trust yeah. fund so he's like i've got money that i'm gonna oh spend the most on awkward thanksgiving on film oh gosh this this makes some family events look like a dream you know <laughs> uh but first norman learns that oscorp's board plans to oust him like doesn't he have a contract of how he could just be like we, this, expe- we expect your resignation in the next week this was quite a way to find out the company bearing your name is like get out of here norman so he dresses up as old Green Goblin, 
gobby I couldn't as Spider-Man that. at one point. I did not like that him. one bit. And then no. Spider-Man, he's got like some snappy like, oh, hey, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, hey, green meanie. Like, hey, you dumb dumb. Like, uh, he's got he's got snappy one liners, like but it needed to gobby. happen later in the movie. Gobby? Gobby just felt so like someone was in an ADR booth just saying these lines. It didn't feel I like. I guess it's better than globby, but it still is peculiar. It felt peculiar. But yeah, so Goblin shows up at the World Unity Fair to just just murder all of these uh, guys. Is this on his thing board. in Times Square? Yes, that, the, the yeah. parade with Macy Gray as herself. Right, uh, right. And I'm also like, does he? I guess it is because he's like Jekyll and hiding here. But like he throws that pumpkin bomb like right under where his son is standing. Like it feels yeah. like is he trying to kill Harry? Does he? Is he? Is this just all a ploy to get rid of his ungrateful son Yikes. of his? I think we're supposed to interpret it as getting rid of the Oscorp board members. However, unclear. As clear as that mirror like acting is, the motivations here are unclear. The goblin's taken over. Oh. He's not in control of his He's actions. He's just an echo in the back of his mind. Yeah. Uh, and Peter dons his Spider-Man outfit, intervenes, and defeats Norman. It's great, which is like, there are some lines in the script that are like, these are clunky lines, or just very feel very old timey. Yeah, feel like they were ripped straight from the comics. Straight from the comics, which on a comic book page can is fine, but set, spoken aloud can sometimes read awkward. Mm -hmm. And you thankfully got an actor as good as Willem Dafoe, just giving you your full like, well, meet again, Spider-Man. Like all of that he is selling because like you kind of have to. You, Yo, have, you like, have to go so big. 110 or you look a fool. And also your film is so like bright and yeah. colorful. Like you are replicating that comic book sensibility to an extent which sure. i think is successful uh peter saves mj again from these like band of robbers yeah. or rapists uh we get the famous upside down kiss mm -hmm. this is also the moment where it felt like everyone in high school is like that that is the moment of the movie the moment of the summer it was definitely the moment of the summer you were talking about like people like being like ah oh, just like an upside down kiss is like whereas i was like freshman in college it, it that just seemed too much to hope for <laughs> <laughs> too much i think to say too much work so like okay would well, you mind just going that. with that because apparently uh one of the chief difficulties for toby mcguire is it's raining so it, while filming his sinuses were just filling oh, up no. with water that it was like getting waterboarded to an yeah, extent yeah basically uh, so yeah, so not the most fun to film, but it is an iconic the payoff is moment. Tremendous. Uh, is great. Is good, 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 great. Then we get this b bananas Thanksgiving with Norman. Yikes! Uh, deducing, oh, because he's like he tricks he Spider Man is trying to like saves this baby from a fire. And Green Goblin, clearly, I guess, started the fire because he's yeah. hide, He's standing in the middle of a fire with a blanket, pretending to be an old woman. But, like, how long were you standing in the fire? Did, how did you know that Spider-Man would come rescue you? Like, when would you call it quits? Would you be like, okay, I'm about to die in this guess fire? Guess I should peace. Uh, yeah. And Spider-Man, he gets, like, a cut on his arm from this uh, goblin thing. Ninja star. Exactly. Uh, and now it's like, oh, Peter, you're bleeding. Like, how'd that happen? bike messenger clipped me and norman's like how did you say uh how'd you say you got uh injured there eh peter uh as he's realizing that peter is indeed spider-man so he's like oh i'm just gonna attack the things that spider-man loves and uh it's this scene with aunt may that was she's just i'd forgotten that where poor rosemary harris having to go deliver us it's like finish it from 
evil. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Is preposterous. Yes, correct. And Aunt May is hospitalized. I forgot all this. Uh, Harry and MJ also, they break up more or less pure. She's like, thanks for sticking up for me, right. Harry. Uh, and Which it, he does say some horrible yeah. things about this chick that oh, he yeah. has just met. Yeah. But it's also like, look, son, you're you. No girl is going to like you for your personality. You're 2002 James Franco. They just want you. For, how could anyone want you for your personality? Uh, <laughs> he was cute in 2002 in like a moody way. Sure. L- you're right. L- there's also looks. Which for but a he's lot also of people the, will go as, a But he's also way. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we there was a lot we didn't know, you know. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but yes, we get this lovely little scene between Peter and MJ where it's just like MJ's like, I'm in love with Spider Man and like what it he's like, Oh, you know, I, I'm friends with him and you know, he asked wait, me what wait, I thought wait. of you and I told him that Whenever You're someone looks at you, they whenever someone looks at you, it's not it's uh, not even good or bad. It's just it makes you want to be a better man and uh, makes you feel like you're in a. And love. Rosemary is, Harris is like, I'm not in a coma. <laughs> it's like wink. I'm it's like listening. this is bringing her back to this. This hot goss is bringing her back to <laughs> life. <laughs> Ooh, my nephew Ooh. is gonna hook up with our neighbor's kid, uh, and. Harry walks in on this and is like, oh, no, they love each other. And he's like, dad, my girlfriend and and Peter are in love. And he's just like, what's that? Someone else I can terrorize to get to Spider-Man? I'm on it. And kidnaps her. I mean, all, it's so good. It's so silly. It's not just kidnap having her and this Roosevelt Island trolley car, but a trolley car full of Girl, Girl Scouts. Scouts. Why are they now? I, maybe I should look this up real quick, but. Roosevelt Island is not a place you go at night. Like it's not a do for people, Girl Scouts. No, I think general. like yeah, I, don't I know. think people do They're along live the Queensboro there. Maybe Bridge. Like I, I, I don't know. Or you know, it's uh okay. So Roosevelt Island. So there's Manhattan, an island. I love the island Manhattan. I know you do. That's an island that a lot of people <laughs> know about. But there are also there's like governor's island there's heart island there's lots of little islands that uh mm-hmm. that people don't know about or go to you know roosevelt island is a narrow island in new york city's east river within the borough of manhattan it lies between manhattan island to its west and the borough of queens on long island to its east running from the equivalent of east 45th to 85th streets on manhattan island it's about two miles long with a maximum width of 800 feet and a total area of 147 acres. Together with Mill Rock, Roosevelt Island constitutes Manhattan Census Tract 238, which has a population of 11,661 as of the Hmm. 2010 United States Census. It's, yeah, wow, it's super skinny. I mean, I've never been. I know that the trolley is, like, apparently a fun thing to do because you can just kind of, like, see it, it, like how people take the Staten Island Ferry. But the idea that there's, like, a whole Roosevelt Island tram full of Girl Scouts at nighttime? Well... There was a deleted scene specifying that this took place on April 20th, and the Girl Scouts all knew that there was a 420 celebration on Roosevelt Island. They're like, Team Troop 7 is going to take it this year. We're going to Roosevelt Island. We are selling all. We're going to sell out in minutes to all these stoners. We are going to move these peanut butter patties. We are going to have nary a tag along left. These thin mints are gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, no idea what these Girl Scouts are doing at, out at night. But uh, yes, it's 
he's got to choose who I will save. He manages to rescue both. It's a real trolley problem. Ooh, it sure is. Very good. While the civilians nearby side with Peter, taunting the goblin. It's like, we're New Yorkers. You mess with one of us, you mess with this, all of us. This whole sequence, there was a lot of stuff that was like, yeah, they're definitely like, there were some people who have resided in New York for a period of time who wrote some of these like bits because it felt very like, yeah. Well, specifically this scene and one shot of Spider-Man, I think it's that ending shot where he like lands, he's like on the American flag for a moment. Those were both added post-production because of 9-11, which famously the first teaser for this film was Spider-Man, which does none of this footage is in the movie. I don't, and maybe it would have originally been, but I think it was just to be shot as like the teaser for the movie itself was him foiling a bank robbery that were they making off in a helicopter and webbing them between the twin towers. It might've been the kind of thing where it was in one of these montages. And then after nine right. 11, they were like, we can't no. do yeah. that. Or that would, yeah, that would have been like another sequence of showing him as Spider-Man and Correct. instead like, yeah. let's make this a few quick cut montages instead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is one of the ones added to be, to, to showcase the city sense of unity and patriotism after nine 11, which I get and is, a. Uh, is is it i appreciate as you know yeah. as i mean living it was, in new york it was you know we're we're like coming up on the 20th anniversary but like thinking like months afterwards like it was oh, there was still so much that we didn't know yeah. you know but just the idea of all these new yorkers just chucking garbage yeah, at the gre- great whack he get hit in the head with Feels cans right. is hilarious to me and i love like it should on some in some movies like this where it's like what are you doing you idiots get away from this guy that will kill you all and it, but in this case i'm like i is really funny that he's getting pelted with it garbage it feels like it plays on the stereotype of a new yorker in a way that i am a okay with cuz there's also like yeah. part of it is like the new yorker kind of resiliency and kind of like no you're being an idiot like yeah. get out here. You know, I could have done with a little of that at the end of Super Mario Brothers. If everyone was just pelting Koopa with garbage, yes. I think that's that's yes. good. It's like, hey, we've already got our own politicians we don't like. We don't need a dinosaur we politician don't we don't like. Get out of here. Get you. out of here. Uh, Goblin and Peter fight with Peter gaining the upper hand. And Norman reveals himself as the Goblin and begs for forgiveness while controlling his glider to impale Peter from behind. Terrible plan. Uh, bad, bad, bad plan. It's like how you never use scissors to open a box toward you. You got to go away from you because you just, you know, best laid plans. You still might slice yourself. Right. And we're also like with that, you know, the guy that killed Uncle Ben, we're like, we don't want Peter to just to outright murder someone. So how do we make this so it's okay? Or I guess I guess that Spider-Man doesn't kill. That's one of Spider-Man's things. He doesn't Uh, kill in general. Um, He'll just finish him with simple laissez-faire. He'll just do a backflip and whoops, your glider has impaled you now. Bye. And with his final words, Norman's says don't tell harry and then dies and it's like now you're putting that on me yeah guy especially after mj had said don't tell Harry." it's like everyone is just like protect this young (laughs) rich boy he's so young he's so rich (laughs) Uh, at norman's funeral harry vows vengeance on spider-man who he believes killed his father and claims that peter is the only family he has left and Mary Jane confesses her feelings for Peter, but he rejects her, fearing that if they were in a relationship, his enemies would try to get to him through her. And as he leaves the funeral, Peter remembers his Uncle Ben's words and accepts his new responsibility as Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider, spider can. can. 
The casting directors of Spider-Man were Lynn Kressel and Francine Maisler. Kressel, an Emmy winner for casting Lonesome Dove, has also cast such projects as Bad Boys and Law and Order Criminal Intent. Maisler, a two-time Emmy nominee for casting Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and Succession, has also cast such films as The Usual Suspects, Tropic Thunder, 12 Years a Slave, and Birdman. Eclectic. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Joe is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Wow. So let's kick it off with Peter Parker. Amy Joe, your thoughts on that? Tobey Maguire. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think he is overall really good. A really good choice for this. Um... Where I'm not like in love with his performance is like, I would say in like the second half of the film, I just feel like there are times when he is giving like nothing and Kirsten Dunst is giving a lot. He's a real underplayer. In a way that like- Which for the most part I appreciate. For the most part I appreciate, but I'm talking like maybe he's thinking the close-up is closer than it is. This kind of thing where I'm like, I need a little bit more because it reads a bit sociopathic. And then she's like- really like trying to be present with him and it i think it makes her look not as good when i feel like part of it is that i see that and i'm like is that a thing where an actor is like are you paying attention to me your scene partner like i felt a little bit of that um so that's the one point where i'm like i'd like a tiny i'm talking two percent more uh that would doubt i think would balance it out to just exactly what we want i just don't see like the what's going on behind the eyes or that he's trying to cut himself off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But other than that, I think he's really good. Let me see as far as other people, I don't have like a ton of thoughts that I'm like obsessed with, but I'm, I have a few thoughts that feel like they are of the same kind of like group, like a Patrick Fugit who was in almost famous. Sure. He's a bit younger, but would have actually been like age appropriate for this. Like Toby right. Moore is actually a little bit older, Yeah, but I'm like Patrick Fugit. I can totally see that, you know, like have I seen Patrick Fugit buff? No. Has anyone? Probably not. But like well, it before this, I'm sure no one saw Toby Maguire. That's buff. exactly right. Um, that's what you want. You want someone who's like a nerd and then you get that's them buff for exactly the movie. That's exactly right. You know? I thought like a Wes Bentley actually, yeah. who like I kind of wrote off and then I, we went back and rewatched that Venus and Fur that he did with Nina Arianda. And I'd seen him in it when it was off Broadway. And then it was on Broadway, it was Hugh Dancy. And I was and I was kind of like, oh yeah, Wes Bentley, whatever. And after going back and rewatching it, I was like, oh, he's very interesting. I actually wish we saw more Wes Bentley. So I'm like, he has a darker edge to him. Yeah. I mean, Wes Bentley now has been popping up back in things. I mean, he had such a like period of time where right. it was just, you know, the drugs kind of yes, took of him course, out of the scene. Of course, which, yeah. you know, when you're a, a teen actor in, in a Hollywood. Huge film. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. But um, temperamentally, but, I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, someone who I don't want to see do this, but I'm like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if like Joshua Jackson was up for this. Oh, you know? sure. I could see. I I'm, could see it. But I'm, I'm not, not like, mad about I'm that. I'm not mad about it, but I'm not excited about it, it either. I you know, I could, I, could see, wh- I could see Pacey as our, uh, is, was he Pacey or is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, never never actually, that I didn't actually watch Dawson's Creek. I'm like, wait, was he Pacey or no, was Katie Holmes Pacey? No, I know him from The Mighty Ducks, obviously. And then also because my cousin's name is Josh. 
Josh Jackson. So like, uh, you better believe when Josh Jackson started popping up. Oh I was yeah. like, I've never, I've never thought about that. That your cousin's name is also Josh Jackson. Well, I have because uh, he's he was by Josh. Because Josh. Joshua. Joshua. Um, but then like uh, some people that I'm a little more interested in. This mm-hmm. this person might be too, not might be, is too much like a great cast for Peter Parker. But I don't know if he's a great cast for Spider Man, which Ooh. would be Elijah Wood. Yeah. Like, I hear you. Especially having like, I hadn't seen the faculty until recently, <laughs> but looking at that, it's like, oh yeah, great guy to beat up on. Is he so great to like, but then you have the transformation, but I think Tobey Maguire straddles that line in a way that you like totally buy. Um, someone else I'm, I'm really interested in is like a Kieran Culkin. Yeah. I was thinking he's about got Kieran that Culkin. snappy sardonic thing. Again, these are all people who are a little bit younger than clearly you, they you were know cast what? in. You're so right. I, cause I thought about him and I was like, I think, and then I was like, but he's so good as like the more snappier, sardonic character, like in Scott Pilgrim, now mm-hmm. it's succession. But then you're like, that is a big part of Spider-Man, which Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man doesn't really, Tom Holland Spider-Man, you're getting like a lot of like, he's like a wise ass. Like yeah. him as Spider-Man is like, is like the one with the the one-liners and it's like, you're kind of like a Bugs Bunny-ish almost Yeah, you hear quality. it in the lines, but because they're all 80-yard and you're not seeing Toby right, Maguire right. deliver it with his face, it probably seems off, but he has snappy one-liners, so you know? So Karen Culkin, actually, I'd be really interested I'm in I'm really that. into We're that. like at, you know, Spidey, instead of Igby goes down, it's Spidey goes down, like around that Spidey era. slings it, up. Um, totally. Yeah. And then my other choice, and this is someone who, there was a campaign on Twitter oh. in the like oh, mid, to, okay. mid to late about. 2000s, right, right, yes. Right, right, right. Which I now realize it was to play Miles Morales in a version, but people were trying to get Donald Glover cast as Spider Man. Yes, and which he'd be so good. Uh, yeah, so good. I mean, I'm, now of course we're you know no we're we're beyond that being something. But like as far as like someone who you know he was an improv nerd that I used to go yeah. see in the basement at UCB, who okay. then turned out to be like oh wait no he's super buff you know. Right. So if instead we have like a live action version of Into the Spider Verse, and instead of Miles Morales teaming up with uh an older Peter B. Parker. Yeah, yeah, if he yeah. teamed up with an older Miles B. Morales, if you had Donald Glover being like, I've been Miles Morales. I've been the Miles Morales Spider-Man for like a decade. I've yes. been like 15 years. I'm over it, kid. And you team him up with some young up-and-comer. Yeah. That yeah, would yeah. rule. Now we're talking. So those those are my thoughts. Not You, you know mean, what? Bring Also, Donald Glover is in the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, oh, Spider-Man is. Homecoming. Yes, as like he's got like one, maybe two scenes as like some some hoodlum type, but has a reference to his nephew that makes it seem that he is uh, Aaron. uh, Yes, that he's like the Mahershala Ali. Uncle Aaron. Uncle Aaron. Yes, that he's like the Uncle Aaron role. Oh, oh, uh, I mean, honestly, if we're doing a live action that I would be very game to see. Same, same, Mm. same, same. Uh, yeah, I think Tobey Maguire is very successful in this. It was rewatching, and I was like, "Wow, he really—he's so underplaying so many of the moments." Yeah. Um, which I I prefer to overplaying, which I, I feel like I it's agree. so easy yes. in this. Like I'm su- I'm surprised that he got away with how much he underplays some mm-hmm. of these big moments. Um, but then you know when under Uncle Ben's cry- Uncle Ben's dying, he's crying. You know, he's yeah. like still has an emotional response to things. Uh. It's just someone who is like so awkward and stilted. Uh, and I think it really works. It's so different from, especially today. It's like the idea of like this performance in a Marvel film today when they're all so similar mm. and which I like the Marvel films, but they are now of such a template and such a format that and everyone is like snappy one-liners opposed to someone that's like, no, when he's not in costume, he's just an awkward 
sad yeah. kid. Yeah. I think he's good, especially when it's like such the early period of these aughts superhero movies. And I think honestly, it's the chemistry between him and Kirsten Dunst that elevates mm -hmm. the entire performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, they really are. I can't, it cannot be stated enough how good they are together of what they they're bringing out. Like what Kirsten, the way that Kirsten Dunst reacts to him makes his performance come off that much better. Yeah. She's, I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about her, but yeah. she's so good. Yes. Uh, so I did, I did have some thoughts of people that I thought would also be really good because uh, Tobey Maguire injured himself while doing Seabiscuit. So for a while, people were like, is he going to be able to come back for Spider-Man 2? Mm. So for a while, Jake Gyllenhaal was considered How to take over. How did I not think of Jake Gyllenhaal? Coming off of Donnie Darko, age uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think yeah. would crush. Yeah. Uh, I think Ben Foster could have been a really good Spider-Man, thinking around like the, the time, the stuff that he was doing, which I've always loved Ben Foster. I mean, now he's graduated into kind of a, a more interesting character actor, which I appreciate. Uh, this is around the time of the TV movie of uh, Bang Bang, You're Dead and stuff like Get Over It with Kirsten Dunst. Mm. I'm, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been young for it here, but, but thinking of him in Third I mean, Rock but the he's, Sun he's era. He's young for it in the way that like, like I graduated high school in 2001. He's the right age. When this is filmed. Yeah. So technically all of these people that I suggested are like born in 82 or 83. They would have been technically the exact right. right age and joseph gordon levitt i believe was born in 82 or 83 i think he'd have been great yeah I think he'd been man really if any teen can deliver a one-liner <laughs> it's joseph gordon levitt i think he's around the same age as tobin mcguire but it didn't really hit till later but i'd have been interested in jesse williams who's probably best known for gray's anatomy or for me for cabin in the woods mm. um is he like the the hot nerd? Yes, hot oh, nerd. He's great in that. That's what you, you, Peter Parker, hot nerd. You're so right. You're so right. I think he'd be really good. Uh, and made more recently, I I, w I would have liked a Rami Malek Spider Man. I think that mm. would have been interesting. I could see that. Nicholas Holt kind of does the same thing as Beast in these X Men first class mm. movies, where he's like, I'm a nerd and now I'm a superhero. Well, he was a nerd as a child, wow. as yeah. and about a boy. We that all kid saw has him awkwardly singing, uh, killing me softly, killing me softly. Oh, it killed us cringe, all loudly. Cringe, and uh, you know, I more recently saw that uh, David Copperfield movie, Dev Patel. I think would have crushed oh, yeah. Peter Parker. He is like the human embodiment of charm. You know, he really is. I mean, you know, thinking back to like when he came onto the scene. I mean, I never watched Skins, but with Slumdog Millionaire, like he's so good in that. He's so such a beautiful performance but then since then it was like oh you also have like such charm mm -hmm. like when you're able to put that into roles uh i think he'd i think he'd have killed i think he'd have killed um so toby mcguire was approached for the film largely as a result of his performance in the cider house rules mm -hmm. as sam raimi felt that mcguire's performance embodied much of the character and personal traits he was looking for when Sam Raimi wanted to offer it to Tobey Maguire. The studio was very reluctant until they saw, which you can also see it, which I think is also on the DVD, my DVD of the behind the scenes of the screen test of Tobey Maguire, where he looks jacked, where they're like, oh, he's bulked up. They did, they just didn't know, like, okay, he could do Peter Parker, but can he do Spider-Man? Yeah. This you guy that? was in the ice storm. That's an yeah. house movie. We need a guy <laughs> with biceps, see? You want the kid from Pleasantville? You want that nerd? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got eyes that a girl will love to look into on a screen, but is that got the biceps that is gonna drive him wild? I don't know. 
yes, I'm sorry. My mind was just like, yeah, they want to be looking into his eyes, but we want to know if you pop that top, are they going to want to be looking into those nips? They want to be looking into like the nips, the eyes, the of eyes the chest, of the pecs, the eyes of the pecs. Uh, so keeping in mind that this movie that they've been trying to make this since the eighties. So in a radio interview in the eighties, Stan Lee said that John Cusack would be a perfect Peter Parker. I mean, in the eighties, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Quips for days. <laughs> I'm not thrilled, but I can see it. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1985, Yoram Globus and Menahem Golan, heads of Canon Films, <gasps> bought the rights to make a Spider-Man film. Can you imagine a Canon Films Spider-Man? However, they thought Spider-Man was a monster rather than a superhero. No, of course. Similar to the Wolfman. So they, they enlisted uh, Leslie Stevens, who was the creator of The Outer Limits, to write a script based on their misconstrued notion of the no. character. And the script involved a scientist subjecting Peter Parker to radiation, transforming him into an eight-armed tarantula-like creature. Stan Lee, disapproving of this version, suggested a different story involving Doc Ock, similar to the plot of Spider-Man 2. And that's when Toby Hooper was considered to direct. And the proposed cast around this time was Tom Cruise as Peter Parker. And then the whole movie was scrapped after the box office failure of Canon's Superman for the quest for peace. Yeah. Yeah. That's wise. This worked out best for everyone. Yeah. I do see a young Tom Cruise though. I mean, Tobey Maguire is quite short, you know, it's true. But the idea of Tom, of Tom Cruise, like playing at being a nerd, it's like, no, I know. I, I, again, I think it worked out better for everyone that that didn't happen, but you know, just thinking, I see, I see why they, people made these choices. I mean, it's Tom Cruise, so I like the idea of him being like, "Oh no, I'm doing all of my own stunts. I'm going to, I'm going to train for a year to be able to shoot webs out of my wrist. I'm going to train my body to literally shoot webs out of my wrists. To prepare for Spider-Man, I let hundreds of spiders bite me, hoping Sadly, one of them would give me powers. None of them were a super spider, and instead, I'm just very ill. But I tried my best. I tried my best. Uh, in the early 90s, when James Cameron was developing the movie, Charlie Sheen actively oh. campaigned for the role, sure. apparently to Cameron's disinterest. I'm, all of this is unsurprising news. I mean, like around Ferris Bueller. So like, if it's still like mid 80s, like around that time, at least, I, I mean, maybe The Flash. I could see Charlie Sheen coming into Charlie yes. and beat up. That maybe as guy... maybe as Harry, maybe as Harry no, Osborn. That's true. There you go. With with Martin Sheen as your Norman Osborn. <gasps> well, in the well, 80s? well. Now we're talking. Martin Sheen actually great casting for Norman Osborn. Which now I remembered he is the Uncle Ben in the Andrew Garfield movies. Oh wow! So you know you give him fifteen minutes of screen time and then adios, amigo. Bye. Uh, but sure, why not? Uh, then James Cameron considered for his version uh, Edward Furlong. Of Terminator 2. Sure, uh, sure. Which his treatment, <laughs> James Cameron's treatment is kind of infamous because he was like, "We, you'll you'll get paid a bananas amount of money, but only if you complete this treatment. So he's like, got it. Let me bang out the quickest oh, no. script I possibly can. You so said this, complete. You didn't say it right. had to be good. So this version featured heavy profanity and a sex scene between Peter Parker and Mary Jane atop oh. the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
In the bike lane? Where Honestly, was this? Oh, I'm a guess. I'm no. I'm assuming like on top of the Brooklyn oh, Bridge, like way geez, on top. Louise. Not like in the middle of people walking around them. I'm assuming like making a web between like the Ew. top air parts of the bridge. Not here for it. Yeah, and like in like a in, in like a cocoon made of spider yeah. webbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Michael Bean was confirmed to play the role when James Cameron was going to direct. That then did not happen. Then Cameron said his only choice was Leonardo DiCaprio before he finally passed on to other projects. At that point was after Titanic. So I was like throughout throughout the entirety of the 90s mm-hmm. when James Cameron was like, yeah, I'll direct it uh, eventually. I'll direct it as soon as I finish this uh, teeny tiny movie I'm making called Titanic. The, my teeny tiny excuse to go on a, on a dive. Which I get. I mean, you're working on a Titanic and you're like, he's the most about to be the most famous guy in the world well, if not and already this is before dicaprio was like i only work with prestige directors on things i think are prestigious you know like and also before superhero movies were like the thing all the cool kids are doing but you know you at least are working with someone prestigious with no, james I, cameron no i You're know the, that, oh, well, so and, and, i can know, see that it would be an option where he yeah. might have at that point taken it like we were talking about them with the mummy you know yeah. And, you know, Sam Raimi is a name director, yeah. not, not someone that I can recall DiCaprio working with, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did just sure. based on the fact that DiCaprio only works with those name directors. Yeah. Maybe that's changing now. I feel like he's got a, a ton of films. He finally got his Oscar. In the pipeline. So. But even then, it's still like, okay. It's like then he just didn't act for four years until you once upon a time I in get Hollywood. It, though, if you're like, I can do yeah. kind of whatever I want. So that is what I will do. I mean, I get it. If you're like, I want to work with people who are good and it is exhausting to make a movie. And if I'm going to put a lot of myself into it, I would like it to be good. So I'm going to do as many things as I can to ensure that it won't be a piece of trash. Right. Temperamentally, I just... I don't I think he's... envision. He's like too moody. Right. If you're getting a member of the Pussy Posse... It makes sense you got Toby Maguire opposed to Leonardo. It's DiCaprio. still shocking to think that about Toby Maguire, <laughs> just because I just think of him as you know, big eyes and and a lot of sensitivity. And it's like, no, apparently this guy's out know, there like when hey. Di- when DiCaprio is like, hey, I'm making eyes at you. I'm bringing you to the next room. And you're the friend, you're looking at those sad eyes and you're like, well, this guy seems nice. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a great position to be in. Um, Who else was in the pussy posse? I forget. I believe David Blaine, <laughs> Lucas Haas, and Sarah Gilbert were members what? at some point. I believe. Wow. I could be mistaken, but those are the ones I, off the top of my head, I believe. And oh. uh, I'm sure others. Oy, oy, oy. So once this version of the film was being made Mm -hmm. the studio wanted freddie prince jr oh no and sam raimi joked that freddie prince jr won't even be allowed to buy a ticket to see this film (laughs) (laughs) i know that's such a but it's like you know what i respect it i respect it this is the same year this 2002 instead he was doing scooby-doo so he had a big film he got to work with his wife he got to work with sarah michelle geller great and you know what there are people that love that Scooby-Doo movie. I am certainly not one of them. No, but our nephew is, you know, so our that's great. Our nephew loves that Scooby-Doo. I don't know if he's seen that Scooby-Doo movie. Well, he's I'm sure the, he'll he's see it at some point. the new Scoob animated film. But, uh, Scoob. Scoob. Uh, ding, ding, ding to you, Amy Jo, because Wes Bentley was I knew, I considered. I knew one of these dudes I was throwing out 
would get me a ding, ding, ding. You got that ding, ding, ding. Work. Josh Hartnett turned it down. I thought of Josh Hartnett and I was like, no, because he to me is more of a Harry. I see that. But I get that if you're at that level, you're like, I'm not playing the secondary character thinking maybe there'll be a sequel where I get to be a villain. Maybe. I mean, James Franco had like some, lead. I feel like this is post, you know, that James Dean biopic that I think that was a TV movie, but I think James but Franco I, won like a Golden Globe or something. But winning for, a but Golden I, Globe I is you, not I the same thing as being Josh Hartnett true. in the late 90s, early 2000s. Very true. Chris Klein was considered, oh, which no. certainly not. No certainly one not. You're giving that. me some Flash Thompsons here. Uh, Nicholas Brendan was in the running, but says he never actually screen tested, which in 2002 was Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer is probably what he's best known for. This is why I don't know this actor. Right. Which in 2002, he had the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and this movie called Survival Island, where a group of teens trapped on an island are haunted by a demon hidden inside, you guessed it, a pinata. (laughs) (laughs) The spookiest of places. Right. So, I mean, he was a very charming Xander. He had some troubles mm. later on. Uh, but I, I could see. I could have seen it. The well, time. I don't know him, but right. I'm sure he's Bucky. great. Uh, wanting to play Spider-Man in the 90s was Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Moving on. I mean, I could see because he also wanted to be Peter Pan in that in a you not not in Hook, but he wanted to play Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. I can see that life. more than him as Spider-Man. Frankie Muniz was considered. Oh. Oh, Malcolm in the Middle, uh, which I get. How old would he have been at this time? Young, but probably the right age to be playing a senior in high school. I'm just going to look up the year in which the kid was born. Or maybe not. Maybe he would have been like 14, but they still could have been like. So he was born in 85. So he's my brother's age. So he would have been he would have been a bit young. He True. he would have. And he also reads young. young yeah. So. But, you know, he would have been a high schooler, but he wouldn't. I don't think he would have looked like someone who's graduating high school and moving to the city. No, 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 no. Uh, Topher Grace was considered. I I see that. I don't hate it. He would go on to play Venom in Spider-Man 3 when they wanted. Skipped it. Good for you. But they wanted they instead because in the comics, he's more of like a big. I mean, it's Tom Hardy playing Venom now in films. They wanted normally like a big broad guy tom hardy great that movie's not good but tom hardy crushing it tom hardy has he been bad in a movie i don't think so i haven't seen one where that has occurred i have not seen tom hardy be bad in a movie even in bad movies he is always even in star trek nemesis okay actually no he might be not good in star trek nemesis okay but he's also saddled with some awful lines some an awful costume and he's having to pretend to be a young clone of patrick stewart which is not what i think of those are not similar actors outside of star trek nemesis i don't (laughs) think i've seen a bad performance from tom hardy uh but yeah so they instead of that whatever a beefy brawny like um brock whatever um, venom. venom they wanted like oh let's make him like what's a the jerk version of toby mcguire so like oh we cast topher grace is this and yeah. bleach his hair and make him a yeah. real creeper a real draco um, malfoy kind of yeah uh but if you would just let him be old eric foreman topher grace i think this was around the time of like the, he's in the middle of that 70s show i could see that yeah i think that'd be very charming uh heath ledger turned it down i did think of heath ledger he was on my list um but yeah it's hard to buy him as the nerd. That's why I'm like, get that 10 Things I Hate About You co-star Joseph Gordon-Levitt yes. instead. But 
And let Heath Ledger keep those luscious Aussie locks. Oh, those locks. You know, sing some Frankie Valley in the stands to me, you know. I don't know. Maybe this was a little earlier. Jude Law was considered, which 2002. He's too old by 2002. This is the same year as Road to Perdition, where he looks like an evil weasel. Uh, (laughs) weasel. (laughs) Well, they, they like thin his hair to make it look like it's this awful receding hairline. And then they they're like you stay out of the sun so you are a pale like he was like i i he didn't want to go anywhere he's like i don't want to be photographed while i'm making this movie because i look like a creeper yeah so he's he's only three years older than toby mcguire but toby mcguire was born in 75 so he's already yeah like in his mid to late 20s when he's making this movie. but jude law just reads older jude law in 98 is in talented mr ripley and like yes. he's he reads older. as one of those people that in high school he would be the bad boy that had had lived life a little too hard already yeah. you know and another ding 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 to you because elijah wood was nice, considered nice, nice nice gosh i'm crushing crushing it's not a game but i'm winning <laughs> james franco auditioned for peter sure originally did. apparently he joked about Tobey Maguire's, quote, frog-like features on set, which upset Tobey Maguire and caused friction between the two actors, which led to an existing rivalry between them now. So they had to go and make two more films after this, and which Maguire admitted in interviews. He said, like, that they had this rivalry from James Franco just talking trash about how he looked. Why would... Well, you know what? You have to work with people. You sure do. Why make it... Well, I can understand... This being like, I'm making a funny joke or like, oh, that take, you made a face that made you look like a frog. I can understand it not being with the intention of screw you, you frog looking nerd. I should have been Spider-Man. I can't believe I'm here being Harry Osborn. I should be Peter Parker, you dang toad. I can understand (laughs) if it was meant to be funny and was like, yeah, but don't. But don't. But because people are, especially in Hollywood, but in fact, everywhere in the world, very sensitive to comments made comparing them to, to animals f- and particularly and a, a frog. frog. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Also. Also, because Toby Maguire is like a short dude, you yeah. know, and he's like doing a lot of like jumping around in this movie. <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You look like a little frog boy. Yeah. Yeah. This should be Frogman instead of Spider-Man with all the hopping you're doing. Oh, wait, what? We've got a rivalry. Whoops. All right. I'm in. Also, I cannot picture this, considering the way he looks in this film, but also Joe Manchinello auditioned no, for Peter un- Parker before being cast as Flash. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, this guy looks like if ever you needed. And I'm like, I have se- <laughs> truly, I was like, who is this guy? And then like, I looked him up. I was like, oh, it's, it's, uh, you didn't tell me it's Joe Manchinello. And you're well, like, well, I didn't know you knew who he was. Well, and then you said, you didn't watch what, what do you know him or from? Magic Mike? I was like, I know him <laughs> I know him from the Pee Wee movie. <laughs> that was like circa 2016. You're like, you watch it? I was like, yeah, shortly after it dropped on Netflix. Well, I didn't realize that you had. Well, I did. But I had yes. friends in it. And also I was like, yeah. sure. He also looks very different now. He than truly how he does. Did he, yeah, he, truly. But he is giving such like late 90s, early 2000s meathead bro energy. It was just like, 
The fact that this guy isn't wearing a puka shell necklace is a missed opportunity. Yes. I'm surprised he doesn't have I a puka shell necklace. I think it's because we're in Queens and we're not in Cali. Yeah, you know, that's, tr- that's this, true. You know, I that's feel like true. if this were set in California, this guy has the frosted tips and a puka necklace. I agree. A lot harder for Spider-Man in California. Spider-Man, you, <laughs> you need those tall skyscrapers. That, he's not helped out too much by the sand on the beach. Yeah. You know? Spider-Man, nowhere to swing. You know where to swing. He's got to learn to be surfing if he's in Cali. <laughs> Uh, so Joe Manganiello revealed on a 2014 episode of the Pete Holmes show that he was offered $100 by two crew members to actually punch Tobey Maguire in the face during their fight scene. But fearing he would never work again, he did not. Yeah, $100 not worth it when you're on a major motion picture and it's the lead. And if you actually punch him and then this guy's got a black eye that... That's a stupid bet to take, but also how bad must Tobey Maguire have been on set for these crew members to be off? Right, this? that's exactly what I was going to say. What Oy. did these two crew members have against Tobey Maguire? Yikes! What was he doing to these two crew? How was he treating these guys? Wow, 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 wow! A hundred dollars to punch the lead in the face? No, you and play it off as an accident. Yeah, how good of an actor are you, Joe? You know, like that's that's hard. I would not. Well, me being like, of course, I wouldn't have taken that bet. But like, that's also like (laughs) I would have advised him to do the same and be like, no, no, Joe, don't do it. Don't do it. it. It's not worth it. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. Uh, We didn't do it, Joe. We didn't (laughs) punch Tobey Maguire in the face for one hundred dollars. Could you imagine? But he was like, you better believe I did it. Like a hundred bucks. Done. I'd have done it for free. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Toby was hard to work maybe. with for other people. I don't what know. do I know? I, I not know. not much. Don't know. Uh, but let's move on to Mary Jane Watson. Amy, Joe, your thoughts on Kirsten Dunstan? Who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? She's doing great. She looks fabulous as a redhead. I think one of the things that she does so successfully is toggles that line so beautifully of like, wow, I'm really in my feelings because my home life is bad. To be like, oh my god, my boyfriend's here with a car. Like, and like, it's partially like, I'm going to put on this mask to like go forth and be, but it's also just like that kind of immediacy of youth of being like, great. All right. I have to put that away. I'm going to go do this right now. And I think she just does it so fully and in a way that feels so exactly how I remember high school being. Yeah. Also like last summer when we were staying with my parents, I went through all these notes that like they, I had like some boxes in the attic that they were like go through all this stuff and like throw out what you don't want and I found all these like old notes and letters from all my high school friends and it really like put me back in that place that her performance more than anybody else's made me feel in you know and also she's she's like my age she's born in 82 a little bit older than me so she's like also the right age for this yeah so it's just like doing this like these beautiful acting moments but then just like so moves through everything so fluidly in a way that like, I just thought it was like so spot on, you know, so good. I totally understood how she's trying to make her life work, you know? And I think a lot of that is on the actor because it could have been clunky, but it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, so much of the movie is for better and worse of like who likes who at any given moment, mm-hmm. how much is predicated based on people's feelings, a bit like people's crushes on each Which other, and how that's so then used school. against them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I forgot of like this whole like, oh, she's with Flash and then she breaks up with him and then she's with Harry and then breaks up with him. And then it's like, am I going to be with Peter? And then, oh no, he's, he's turning yeah. you down. Uh, but she's so good. You're right. I love that one shot of where he's like 
sees her and is wanting to talk to her. And then she stops and it kind of like you're seeing that this private moment of hers where she you're seeing her like kind of the mask off just from behind where she looks like I'm having a hard moment. And then her friends pull up in the car and it's like, oh, yeah. you're here. Like, oh, we're having fun. I'm getting and she's the waiting. Car. They're, they're like walking to the bus. Yeah. Right. Yes, 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 yes. But it feels like a moment where it's like, yeah, where no one's around and I can just be like, my life sucks right now. Yeah. I have a shitty dad at home, terrible home life. I want to make it as an actor and like that's not working out. And yeah, I think she's great. Yeah. I have four actresses listed here that all are around the same age range. They, I think, would be very different, but all are really good actors who I feel like would toggle that like mercurial line, you know, and that kind of like high school nature very well would bring us the like depth and spine that we need. Um, but also have the humor and, and just the charm. So I have Alison Brie. Love it. Who I think is great. Uh, Melissa Fumero, uh, mm. from Brooklyn nine, nine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. funny. So charming. I can so see the sensitivity. Yeah. Um, Rashida Jones, who I always oh, love. Sure. And I think like would be very charming. And, uh, Rachel McAdams, who oh, is course. just like well, one of our best actors and yeah. I wish uh, she uh, were in more. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I agree. Uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, for a long time, I, I kind of wrote off Kirsten Dunst as just being like, ah, she's fine, but she's never someone that I'm like, oh, great. Kirsten Dunst is but in this when movie. when you go back yeah. and look at what she's doing, it's like, oh, damn. I was wrong. And, you know, she is fantastic in the second season of Fargo. She's so good. In it. That was the first time I was like, oh, Kier- I did not expect this level of performance. And there are things I've not seen. You know, I haven't seen the version suicides. I haven't seen uh, melancholia. Just trying to think of like stronger dramatic things Have that she's seen done. Have you seen Interview with a Vampire? I, you know, I haven't. Have I've you seen, seen a few Little bits. Women? I've seen some scenes and I haven't seen Little Women. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> We're going to take you on a tour of my childhood. <laughs> And, I mean, I've only seen Interview with a Vampire a few times. I mean, times, I saw but... Jumanji. That's what I saw. We all saw Jumanji, We all saw Jumanji. No, we, we should watch. Saw... You know what? We should watch <laughs> That Little Women so sure. that I can cry at Claire Danes, but you can, you know, you can see I'm, it all. I'm down for a double feature, Little Women, Little Women. Little so, Women. So, because I've seen the Greta Gerwig Little Women. And I haven't. So there you go. So oh. you'll introduce me to Kirsten Dunst as uh, young, as Amy, and I'll introduce you to Florence Pugh as Amy. Okay. Okay. Listener, you heard that. it here first. I'm Follow up with us with when this drops. That. Did you do it? <laughs> Possibly not. We always forget. Sometimes <laughs> when I will edit these episodes, listener, I'll be like, oh, yeah, we said we we're going to watch that movie. I'll be like, hey, we said we we're going to watch ben- Private Benjamin for like the third time. We should watch Private Benjamin We finally tonight. did. Because I always forget after recording. <laughs> It goes right out of my brain. It goes right out. I love when people, like, when our friends listen to the podcast and they text us, like, oh, man, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? (laughs) Is this the podcast? Is this? Who knows? What are you referencing? Is it something I reposted on Instagram? I have no no memory. It goes kaputski as soon as we're done recording. Um, But, yeah, going back to it, I'm like, she is so good. She is selling, like, when so much of this, like, watching this, I was like, I would watch if someone wanted to make just, like, a romantic drama we're in the background, like this is in a world where superheroes exist. And instead you're just focused on this character mm. who maybe gets rescued once or twice by a superhero. But if that's like the twist at the end is that like the guy that she loves is actually the superhero. Like that's a twist that you're not, that you don't realize that. Like based on her performance, I was like, I think a movie like that would actually be amazing mm. mm-hmm. of her being torn between two guys and realizing they were the same guy 
all along. It was Peter all, all along. along. Uh, instead of Kirsten Dunst, I could see Michelle Williams. Oh, sure, yeah, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of that, Dawson's Creek, I think, would crush. Uh, and made later, because we also have now, we've got Zendaya as MJ mm. in these Tom Holland Spider-Man films, who's just so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is also so different. And she is coming from, like, that she's, like, obsessed with murder. That she's just, like, lo- like that kind of, like, she'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, loving true crime, like, things like that. And is, like, snarky, sarcastic, like, weird zendaya uh and it's a delight so i could see made a little later like i could see a tessa thompson sure really interested in uh jody turner smith of queen and slim i think would crush and just thinking of other redheads uh aya cash of you're the worst uh also someone because she's got like is got like strong spine and is like no i'm not just damsel in distress because that is the thing like your mary jane in this film is getting rescued three times it's still not quite as bad as lois lane in that original superman absolutely it's just like of how we make movies today where it's like even if you need to be rescued like you're allowing your female characters to also fight back to some extent they're able to get a few punches in or able to fight a henchman or something yeah give them a kick in the face right so I would be interested in Aya Cash. Uh, as for Kirsten Dunst, she decided to audition for MJ after learning that Tobey Maguire had been cast, feeling that the film would have a more independent feel. Well, because of uh, the ice storm and Cider House rules. Yeah. And she earned the role a month before shooting in an audition in Berlin. But there were many other actors considered back in the 80s. The Deborah Winger was considered. So we mm-hmm. could have had Tom Cruise and Deborah Winger in wow. Spider-Man. I feel like Deborah Winger was up canon, for everything. A canon Spider-Man. No, Important to remember. Horrifying. Uh, Kate Hudson turned the role down mm. to do the movie The Four Feathers with Heath Ledger and Wes Bentley. So oh. all three of people that were considered for this film instead did this like war drama, mm-hmm. which I saw and is just not great. I didn't see it, but I thought good for them. Kate Bosworth auditioned. Sure. Who instead was doing Blue Crush in 2002. Oh, Blue Crush. Uh, and would go on to play Lois Lane in Superman Returns. Oh, right. Uh, Mila Jovovich was considered oh. instead as doing Resident Evil. So... I feel like she's a little too old in 2002. We're five years removed from Fifth Element mm-hmm. to be like, you're back in high school. I'm like, you're, it's like she's in Dazed and Confused, which is like a 93, wow. I think, which I think is like one of her first roles, um, which I love Mila, but it's also like, you're going to cast Mila Jovovich and she's just going to be rescued. No, no. She's always going to be fighting yeah. and kicking some butt. Uh, Tara Reed. No, auditioned. Thank you. No, thank you. No. Sam Raimi wanted Alicia Witt, but she turned it down, who I know you're not as familiar with. I she in, she was an urban legend in urban legends in the 90s mm. and uh 88 minutes with Pacino and oh, the that, last season of Orange is the New saw. Black is mainly what I'm familiar of her work with. Um but she's great. I, I like Alicia Witt a lot. I think she actually would have been really good. Um Eliza Dushku auditioned and can be heard in Tobey Maguire's screen test. Oh, uh, Elisha Cuthbert was considered. I always confuse those two. I know. Well, Elisha Cuthbert, she was in. Which was the 24 actress? That's, Dushku? That's Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Who's also in Happy Endings. So who's Dushku? Dushku uh, was in True Calling and she was also in Buffy and Angel as the character okay. Faith. Okay. Uh, is mainly what I know her from. And she's Arnold's daughter in True Lies was like her first big uh. thing. 
And uh, yeah, Elijah Cuthbert. Like I, see, I could see, I could see these versions. I like sure. Eliza Dushku is like a lot more of like front footed energy, mm-hmm. which I like. Of just being like, even if you're gonna be rescued, she's still. Which, which watching this Kirsten Dunst of how much he's like, are you sure, Peter? There's nothing else you want to tell me. Like, is there no-? like she is like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I know what's up. Mina Suvari of American Beauty and American Pie auditioned. Mm-hmm. It's like I honestly see her American Beauty co-star Thor Birch more, though knowing that Thor Birch's father is a bananas yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Banks auditioned before being cast as Betty Brant. It's so fun to watch like Elizabeth Banks's career over the years. I'm so happy she's had like a rise because I think she's very talented. I love her. I love her so much. And yeah, it's like we're two years after Wet Hot American Summer. Um, But I don't care. I'd buy it. And she gets more, a little more to do. She never gets much to do in this trilogy as Jameson's assistant. But that is always a strong source of comedy the films of her being like your wife you know your wife called like she lost your debit card like oh thanks for the good news uh (laughs) (laughs) she wants she wants you to pick like between like this carpet or this carpet whichever one's cheaper yeah uh (laughs) oh we the the tile blah 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 oh we'll put a carpet there yeah exactly and also same year she had catch me if you can but she's got oh that's very memorable scene as the bank teller with dicaprio uh but yeah she's great and reese witherspoon was considered I see it, but I, knowing now, it's also funny, like looking at people early on in their career and obviously actors are actors, they can be malleable, but looking at the things that make a great Reese Witherspoon performance, they're not the things that I want in a Mary Jane. I 100% agree. You know, if this was made a decade later, Jessica Chastain, Jessica Chastain is your Mary Jane. Sure. And you don't have to dye the hair. You don't got to dye that hair. You don't got to put on a really nice wig. wig. Uh, wig. She's coming off of Legally Blonde the previous year. No, no, no. And in 2002, she had Sweet Home Alabama and The Importance of Being Earnest, which Mary Jane would go on to act in on Broadway in Spider-Man 2, which I do find pretty funny. Just so funny. My favorite being my brother and I have talked about this a lot where it's just like. They they come by and they're like five minutes and the girls are like ah! like we'll never be ready you know and my brother's like I bet she's playing Cecily who famously doesn't enter until Act Two so she's got a solid <laughs> hour they might as well be yes on. they should be saying fifty five minutes <laughs> exactly it's so funny and then sure enough yeah she's playing Cecily and right it's like, yeah you've right. got you gotta measure out that uh, adrenaline queen like calm it down <laughs> yeah getting your five minutes when you don't enter for an hour and two, it's like who it's cares? like all right great all right i'll start thinking about putting on makeup now <laughs> right uh let's move on to j jonah jameson amy J, your thoughts on jk simmons and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else the guy's perfect he's great it's so good it really like i like this film a lot but when he comes on screen this becomes a different movie for the better oh it's so good it's so like taking what makes a comic book fun and translating it into a a human performance it's so great he's so good i have a couple of other possible thoughts but you know uh, basically he's perfect cut print and and yeah even like 20 years later hire him to play the same part he's he's ideal i thought maybe like a kevin klein Mm. you know it's just so far as like someone who's like who can deliver this kind of like uh rat-a-tat-tat stylized dialogue who do i want to see yelling at people for their entirety of the performance and for that to be funny and for me to be like i just want to see them yelling at people more yes thinking of 
this kind of like 1940s style voice he does in certain scenes on Third Rock from the Sun. I was like, Wayne Knight actually might be kind of funny. There's scenes between like him and, and Kristen Johnson as Sally where they're like, listen, Sally, we two kids never had a shot in a blue moon. You know, and it's all kind of like this sea. And it's like, well, that's what what is being asked of him in the script. It's like it'd be very different. But and it's different than like a lot of what we know Wayne Knight as. But having seen him do that a lot on the show, I'm like, yeah, he'd be very funny doing that. And then like, I don't know, maybe like John Slatter. You know, just like mm, thinking mm-hmm, of someone else mm-hmm. who is like, I got, I'm thinking Full about the bottom Men, line. Roger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Sterling. I take that. Yeah. I'm just like, who do I want to see just like y- angrily yelling for pictures of Spider-Man and for me to eat that up? I'm mm-hmm. like, give me like a Danny Glover. Sure. G- give me Ed Asner. Ed mm-hmm. Asner. Grumpy Ed Asner. Yeah. That's what I want. Who's lovably grumpy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think. I could see the Samuel L. Jackson version of this. I think it would be I very entertaining. I was thinking of Samuel L. Jackson and was like, where to put him in this movie? Because I just had this, like, I was like, I, I feel like he could be in this movie, but where? And I just didn't quite settle on. But that, I think that's that's funny. I could see if, like, he normally reads a little more, you know, man of, like, re- the realism of theater. But, like, an Ed, if Ed Harris could be pitched to mm-hmm. this, like, cartoon world, uh, I could see. Uh, same with... I could see a Nick Nolte. Nick, oh, Nick Nolte boy, oh, just got a little picture of Spider Man. Like, ah, oh, God damn it, Betty. Get my wife on the phone. Uh, and he did die in 1999, but if he didn't, I could see a George C. Scott. I would think would be oh my incredible. gosh yeah did, did he make it onto oh he's on my list elsewhere <laughs> i oh, definitely i was like george okay, c scott i was definitely okay. thinking about uh having you know seen his performance in dr strange love for the first time mm. to talk talking about that on the love of cinema go check out our uh friend podcast uh yeah i think he'd be really good uh but it's it's jk simmons he's iconic he's perfection in this it, so i do great. think it really is like the best like this is how you do a comic book come yes. to life yes but bill paxton was considered oh interesting which i would assume is a holdover from the james cameron for sure time. oh for sure for sure uh because i can't it's a little hard i, I mean it'd be bill very pullman different more not that they're the same actor but how do you not how do you not well bill pullman would make sense because he is famously the king of new york yes we all know it <laughs> get your papes read all about it <laughs> But yeah, Bill Paxton to me, it's like it's always going back to aliens. It's like it's game over, man. It's game over. He's always the one that's kind of getting. I mean, in True Lies, he's famously pretending to be a spy and pissing himself multiple times because he's too scared. Mm-hmm. That he's not. To me, he's not the one that's yelling for pictures of Spider Man. He's yeah. like, he's the one that's kind of being made the fool. And for and he's he was great. I love. Or he's Bill like Paxton. a wise guy, but he's not. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. not the the bully. Right. Uh, Hugh Laurie was considered. Oh, my gosh. This is the same year as Stuart Little. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he was doing instead. Listen, as someone who knows the oeuvre. (laughs) Yeah, because I think I started watching House in my junior year apartment. So that would have been like a year or two later that House debuted. But like knowing his range and the skills. Yeah, he's great at yelling at people, as we would see on House for years. You know, early 90s. I could see his house co-star Robert Sean Leonard as Spider-Man. Oh, yes. I'd be interested or in the early night, for sure. That like Dead Poet Society, Robert Sean Absolutely. Leonard. Absolutely. Uh, Fred Ward of Kevin Bacon's co-star in Tremors, probably oh, wow. is what I know him best from, uh, was considered, which I see him I'm like, okay, you're at least you've got like a silver haired, like gruffer character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is he the one who was partnered with Reba? No. 
He's the one partnered with Kevin Bacon. Okay. That's Michael remember. C. Gross with Reba. He's I just see. like the, kind, the older one this with was Kevin an, Bacon. This was a very early quarantine watch for us. So that's, so that's so now been remember. a long time. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Harv Presnell was oh. considered, which you know from uh, Face Off. He is the head of the FBI who John Travolta mm-hmm, punches mm-hmm. Punches into death. a heart attack. He, punch, he gives him a heart attack by punching him to death. He's also in Fargo. Uh, he's great, so good in Fargo as like the father of the William H Macy's wife who gets kidnapped. So he's mm-hmm. the one that's like, no, I'm gonna give the money back to to the criminals. Like and like I want to like I want to see them. And Steve Buscemi's like, just give us the money. You'll see your daughter. And he's a big hard ass about it, which winds up getting shot for his troubles. Mm. Uh, and he's the male lead of Unsinkable Molly Brown. That is why I was like, well, why do I know the name though? Yeah, because uh, in terms of things that I figured you Colorado, my home. <laughs> um, but between Fargo and Face Off, I'm like, yes, this is the guy that is angrily wanting pictures that refuses to believe that this Spider-Man character could possibly be helping people, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's just a gosh dang menace. Uh, Dennis Farina was considered i'm like are you just considering people that have mustaches because our president also has that mustache for most of the 90s uh but i see dennis farina i'm i'm interested in that arlie ermy was considered and like that's you know think his most, most famous role is full metal jacket as an army uh oh he's instructor. The, the from the famous scene well, yes. I mean, the famous wasn't he actually a drill sergeant? Drill sergeant, yes. He, yes, he was. That's why he wound up replacing the actor actually cast because they're like, oh, how do we, you know? And he's like, here you go, Stanley Kubrick. Let me just film myself for forty minutes, just giving a barrage of insults without taking a breath and without repeating myself. Wow. And Stanley Kubrick was like, why don't I just cast you instead mm-hmm. of having you train this actor? Yeah, which I can see. I can oh, definitely yeah. see the early army. Michael Keaton was considered, oh. which I'm interested. I get it, I get it. He's really good. He's the vulture in that first Tom Holland Spider-Man. The and vulture. He's great. The Birdman. So he is Birdman. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like he's Birdman and he's Batman. Who else could fly? The vulture. <laughs> the vulture. Uh, who's also supposed to be coming back as Batman in this new Flash movie, which is also supposed to be like a multiverse type thing. I'm like, sure, just bring it back. That's all we're doing now. We're just catering to millennials nostalgia and, and trying to make money yeah 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 uh but i could say i could say michael Keaton, but yeah. it's like jk simmons is giving you like it's perfect and stan lee said he always wanted to play the role and auditioned but it was determined he wasn't right for the part but he was supposed to play it back in the canon version so we could have had tom cruise and deborah winger and stan lee wanting pictures of spider-man mm-hmm. well we with tom had cruise, a lot but that with Tom Cruise as like an eight-legged monstrosity, I guess. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, let's move on to Aunt May. Amy, Joe, your thoughts on Rosemary Harris and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? It's Rosemary Harris, cut, print. Oh, wait, they did. She's, She's so great. Good. She's so I good. mean, here's the thing. I feel like there's a lot of actors who would do this really, really well. Looking at about how old she was at the time, like... The actors who are about that age now, if we were to make it now, are like Marilyn Sigourney, oh oh which is God. wild. You're to right, think though. About. When it's, but it's also like, why is this teenager's aunt 70? 
It's also funny of how they go because the Andrew Garfield version uh, movies, it's Sally Field as Aunt May. Mm. And now it's Marissa Tomei. So she's just getting younger and hotter with yep. each new Spider-Man it's movie. Me, Marissa Tomei, who was just on Broadway in the rose tattoo looking like a full <laughs> smoke show. But at least age-wise makes yeah. sense. My, my top pick, if it were made today or even a little earlier, is Jessica Lange. Mm. When I'm just like, I want a prestige actress Talk about who, a hotsy totsy who's Aunt May. Gorgeous, but like also just thinking because I saw her in in Long Days on Broadway, Long Days Journey Tonight. Just like she looks stunning with that white hair, but like doesn't have to be hot in order to do her acting. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I was like, yeah, I buy this kind of like not the not from what she did in Long Days, um, but I buy a sort of maternal right. energy off of, of Jessica Lange. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think Rosemary Harris is great. I just trying to think of kind of contemporaries to her. I could see like an Anne Bancroft. Uh, I could see Jane Alexander who, you know, I just saw like before the pandemic, I saw on Broadway in Grand Horizons and I'm like, good God, like you have been around, Mm -hmm. you know, I've also, we also saw Rosemary Harris on the stage, uh, in this Tom Stopper play. I'd be interested in the Ellen Burstyn version. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someone with a little more spine, a little more spine of steel. Give me Olympia Dukakis's Aunt May. Yes, yes, yes. Someone's like, you know, your Uncle Ben, now Uncle Ben is gone. Like, I've got to now, like, step up. Like, I am now your only caretaker, and I'm trying to fulfill all these roles for you. I'm no wilting flower. I'm Olympia Dukakis, goddammit. I'm Olympia Dukakis! And she hadn't really become the acclaimed character actress that she would but she was still 50 years old in 2002. So perfectly of the age to be Anne May. Give me that Margot Martindale. Ooh, acclaimed character actress. Would not be so good. So considered for the canon version, Lauren Bacall. Oh, wow. And Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> they were definitely going aged by that point. We want that prestige. Just yeah. imagine Catherine Hepburn. With Tom Cruise, Deborah Winger, and Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is amazing. And the only other person I could find considered for this version was Marion Ross, a.k.a. Marion Cunningham from Happy Days. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Loved her on that Happy Days. I don't know her from a thing else. Nor I. But I also didn't know Rosemary Harris from anything before this film, you know, these movies. So mm. it does feel, it wasn't like she's... The way is it like the way of having Marissa Tomei or Sally Field play Aunt May now where it's like we all know who these actors are. Um, But yeah, I think Rosemary Harris is so good. I'm glad that we got it the way we did. And because, you know, she's still still as of this recording going strong, uh, which good for her. So but let's move on to Norman Osborn. Amy Jo, your thoughts on that Willem Dafoe and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? This is such a fun performance it's a delight he's so good he is having the time of his life i feel like he really fulfills the brief and also is just like relishing it which you want from a comic book villain yeah he's really making it like he has probably on paper some of the clunkiest dialogue all the plot of him trying to get spider-man onto his side like together we can rule like i could so it's like none of that makes sense no but it's also like well i've taken some a serum and now i'm losing my mind and now i'm a jekyll and hyde yeah and he just sells the crap out he of it really he just does. so fully commits that you're like this character believes every single moment that he is 
saying and doing. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, since I already, since I already implied it earlier, like, uh, if this is made earlier, like George C. Scott, I, I basically, my requirements are like, who is someone who I would totally buy as this like businessman scientist yeah. guy who then would have the largesse and the theatricality to be like, ha ha. Yeah, you, you put him in the 80s version yes. with Tom Cruise with and then as Harry Osborne, his son Campbell Scott. There you go. There you go. Um, I also thought like a Jeremy Irons type, oh, yes. you know. The yes, yeah. A around, if we're thinking like early 90s, Paul Newman, someone that you wouldn't oh, expect no. to be but bad, yes, but would but have no. a great time. <laughs> Um, also around the early nineties, maybe a Ralph Julia. Always. I mean, always, always and forever casting him in. I'm something everything. of a scientist myself. <laughs> and then thinking of him like riding a glider. I'm like, yeah, I, I want, want Gomez it. Adams riding the glider. I want it. I, yes. I want Guido Contini on Broadway riding that. <laughs> um, and then this is funny to think about because I think of him as being younger than he is, but this actor is, I think older now than Willem Dafoe was when he filmed this, but like for every villain role, I wouldn't be mad if they were all played by Andrew Scott. Mm. Is he older than Willem Dafoe was then? I, you know what? My math could be off, but he's in his like mid forties. Wow. I guess, I guess you're right. Which he just yeah. looks like a wee little bear. And he does. He does. But, but yeah, I mean, Andrew not. Scott is incredible. I'm, I'm so excited for what, I mean, you know, Andrew Scott was technically a villain in that Spectre movie, but it feels right. so inconsequential. Who cares? Let him be like a big splashy. Yes. So I'm sure he's not like, he's probably not like, that's what I can't wait to do is play a villain in a Marvel film. Uh, but I want to see it. I mean, like, because he came to most of our attention playing Moriarty yeah. in Sherlock. With that like little giggle in that pool scene, and you're like, "Who is this?" Where they famously none of that was supposed to actually be filmed. That was just a made up lines of like, "I will tear the heart right out of you." That was all like just to audition, and it, it, it was only supposed to be the scene of him like in a uh, with what's her face, and then at the end of it, like the end of the episode, it would be that Sherlock is like. It was that guy that I didn't even realize. And then he and he gets away. And like to be like, well, maybe sometime later he'll come back. But they wanted to make sure, I guess, for like later that we knew who the villain that he was. could yeah. well that he could get to that level. So oh. for the audition, it was like they made up this dialogue of like so over I the top the to the heart out of you. you. And he was so good that like, oh no, no, we're changing the ending of the episode. We have to have him doing like a full like villain this speech. Actor is major. Yeah. Yeah. Would be great. It'd be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Willem Dafoe. He's perfect in this. Yeah. All I could watch him doing Jekyll and Hyde Gollum scenes and talking to himself. All day long. That could have been at least an hour of the film mm -hmm. I would have been into. Just thinking of, like, good actors who could do similar thing. I mean, Gary Oldman feels like a real top of the for list. Sure, of like sure. he's, you're, giving a, you're getting a very similar performance with Gary Oldman. I'd be interested in the Ben Kingsley version of this. Um, he's not as famous, but... On TV in Smallville, playing Lex Luthor's father was John Glover as Lionel Luthor. John Glover's great at acting. So good. Also, he's the pops up in Shazam as Mark Strong's father. Mark Strong is in Shazam? He's the villain. Wow. He's the villain of Shazam. All I know about Shazam is Zach Levi, isn't it? Yes. And now you know Mark Strong and John Glover. I know exponentially more than I did. You know, two, two minutes thirds ago. the amount that you get. I do, sure do. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, 
he's always going to go big. He's always going to go over the top. But I think I kind of would want to see an Al Pacino version of Green Goblin. I'm not mad about that idea. I mean, just think, just full devil's advocate. Just like, this is oh, something of a scientist myself there, Peter. Let me, let me put in a call. Uh, just the full, full Pacino. Join me. Yes, that's what I want. Come on, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> you got kicked out of every good school, Harry. This is what we got. She's just after your trust fund, Harry. Hooah! Uh, I, I, I would like a lot. Uh, Willem Dafoe apparently performed 90% of his own stunts. That wow. So much of the time, what you're looking at is Willem Dafoe wearing that big Halloween mask. Well, they make sure you can see him behind it. Which, you know? as you said, is kind of terrifying. It's when you see, like, the, awful the, in the like, best the, way. there's, like, a mouth screen. No, it has, like... eyes that can kind of, like, they can either be... Uh, solid or, re- or, or like reta- transparent so you can see his eyes but then like yeah it's like the mouth is kind of like open and you can see his actual mouth moving underneath this like frozen kind of mouth uh you it's know pretty creepy it's really distressing in a way that i appreciate i do too uh so the role was intended for billy crudup billy crudup but then it was decided he was too young yeah if you're having him be the father of a contemporary right right which i wonder if maybe it was originally it wasn't supposed to be like maybe in the original draft there was no harry osborne the original draft it was just some uh, just norman or i I don't know or if it was like okay if like could billy crudup in 2002 believably have you know uh, a 17 year old son maybe but not when it's james franco standing next to him and then no. it's like oh no we cast someone t- that's in their mid-20s and billy crudup is probably in his mid early er, yeah early to mid and is probably shorter than james franco good point um but imagine billy crudup and his son figure and almost famous patrick fugit <laughs> ah, exactly did i do exactly. it or did i do it Sure, with uh, you know Francis McDormand as Aunt May. Well, and Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson as your Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. Uh, just thinking of other people in that film, Philip Seymour Hoffman as your J. Jonah Jameson, yelling Come for pictures of Spider Man. I think he's got a big mustache in that film. It's perfect. We're it's a one for one. Ready people. to go. Jason Lee is your Harry Osborn. Yeah, or or you know, if you don't want Kate Hudson, you get Zoe Deschanel as oh, as the Mary Jane. Which actually is kind of fun. Go. Mary Jane playing a ukulele. <laughs> an ukulele just mary jane is like i'm gonna make it on broadway Here, here's my audition for this broadway musical with i'm gonna be accompanying myself on oh my ukulele gosh, and, this is and i'll be pre- singing a song i wrote myself about a cat that i saw on the street this is pre-actor muso so this is pre like uh everybody doing that it would right. it would really be an eccentric charming motion moment like I, like even made today it's like that's not what i want from the billy crude up it's like no. I, I don't see as like this kind of I guess as a villain it. I'm interested in of like if, or a younger Billy Crudup as Peter Parker. I'm into yes, that. Absolutely. 90s Billy Crudup as yeah. Peter Parker would be fantastic, would be great. Uh, and Bill Paxton was then was also the other person considered, which also I'm like, I just don't. I love well, you have to Bill Paxton. It depends on what like, you know, also because I don't know the comics, so I don't know how closely this adheres character wise to it. But it's like true. Same. I'm not really buying Bill Paxton with his like earring as like this like scientist. Did he ha- was he known for having an earring? Does he not? 
I wasn't aware of him oh. having an earring. Harrison Ford famously had that earring for far too long because of, you know, I'm married to Callista Flockhart. I got to look like a young, hip dude. <laughs> <laughs> a real hip dude. Oh, yeah. All the kids love that. <laughs> Harrison Ford, he's a real cool dude. They think he's a righteous dude. That's it. Yeah, um, well, dude. I just Googled Bill Paxton earring and I did get quite a few photos, but Bill Paxton's gold hoop earring. Oh, Okay. Um, but maybe it was just in Titanic. Oh, all right. Which I famously have still not seen. <laughs> at this point, I would say notoriously. Infamously. We will, listener, we will do it on the pod at some point. It'll be an event. For, for, for 2022. I'm saying we're doing Titanic. Ooh. We're, we're going to, we're going to do it. Sail on, sail on. <laughs> is this from Titanic, the Broadway musical? You know it is. Uh, Great ship. We're not doing an episode Titanic. of Titanic, the Broadway musical. Who else was considered for Brian Darcy James's role? <gasps> Brian Darcy James. Mm, now we're thinking, you know, like he actually would be really fun Green Goblin now. Sure. Or a J. I could see him as a J. Jonah totally James. Totally. The guy's got range. Yeah, uh, you know who else I think would crush a Green Goblin? Jason Isaacs was considered. Oh, that's great. And this I is- did think of him, actually, but I was like trying not to go with too many Brits. Sure. This is 2002. So this is the year of Chamber of Secrets. So I think him, him, his debut as Lucius Malfoy. Lucius Malfoy is the perfect usage of Jason Isaacs. He's great. You know, I think it's it, it, iconic Lucius Malfoy and an iconic use of that actor. I agree. But I think would crush. Yeah. Mel Gibson turned it down. Well, good riddance. Thank you. Next. Uh, John Travolta turned it down. <laughs> and that, uh, I could see the Pacino eating the scenery, but the Travolta version eating oh. the scenery, I don't. No, we, is it's just we hard. were just listening to some podcast where they were like dissecting Battlefield Earth and I had blocked out so much of that performance, <laughs> but it feels like it would be that. And you know what? I don't need anything like Battlefield <laughs> Earth ever happening again. I don't know if, you know, Norman Osborne, if he could, uh, you know, outfit his glider so it could be playing some Bee Gees as he's like gliding through the parade. no. no. No, don't need it. Don't need, don't want it. Don't need it. Can't okay. have it. Okay. okay. Same year as the two towers, Brad Dourif was considered. Interesting, because you know who else was on my list is a two towers actor, but it was John Noble, oh, who's the dad who yes. was like Boromir and Faramir's dad. Disgustingly like, eating. What is it? Cherry tomatoes? Whatever he's eaten in that oh, film is, or maybe it's Return of the King, but he's he's. Or eggs. I don't know. He's eating something that is makes you almost vomit to but look he's, at. But he's 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 the guy who ends up yeah. like being set on fire right. and and you know running out of Gondor. You know, but he's he is uh, upsetting uh, this actor, mm-hmm. and I think would be uh, delightfully upsetting. But but yeah. I don't. But Brad Dorf, old worm tongue himself. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Actually. Yeah. I I uh, I like it now that I've thought about it. <laughs> Robert De Niro turned it down. Eh. Yeah. It's just not, I love that every time we bring up De Niro, I'm like, I know one yeah. of our most acclaimed actors, but it's also that when it's like for the last two decades that it's been no, nope. just a hard no that when once, you know, once you're making movies like the war on grandpa it, uh, and the d- end dirty grandpa, 
you're making all these grampy movies and it is like it's tarnishing the legacy a bit i'm sorry de niro you're incredible in so many things from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s but it's tarnishing the legacy to do the war on grandpa well john malkovich was considered (laughs) okay all right i see it (laughs) i get the i get the impulse who i believe was rumored when originally they were going to do a fourth toby mcguire sam raimi movie he was rumored to be the vulture in that movie Mm -hmm. uh which i would be interested in i'm and gonna like, get I, you yeah. spider-man you know i'm something of a scientist myself <laughs> i'm gonna just take this serum myself get out of my way lab assistant <laughs> that's not lab assistant that's a fellow scientist for the purposes of what i'm trying to accomplish <laughs> here you are my assistant no, that's fair that's fair. pick up the shards of this glass i am smashing on the ground <laughs> yeah I'm interested. I'm interested in the I'm John forward in my seat. I'm not necessarily like gobbles. I'm not necessarily throwing you know, green gobbler. gobbles. Green gobbles. I'm not necessarily throwing my money at people, but I'm like, ah, tell me more. Tell me tell more. more. Tell me more. Did he have a car? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Norman Osborn and when we not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. Ooh. Your options are Michael Keaton, mm. Jim Carrey, mm. and Nicolas Cage. Yikes. I'm going to go Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. That hurts me. Okay, I'm going to go Michael Keaton. That is correct. As far as I could tell, Michael Keaton was not considered for the Green Goblin, but Jim Carrey was considered. Even post-Riddler. Even post-Riddler. Interesting. He's still such a famous star. It's just wanting like a big name and, and uh, yeah, it's, it is post-Riddler. It is like, I can't imagine like that reigned in Carrey or maybe at that point now, you know, post-Riddler. We got Truman Show and Man yes. on the Moon. So maybe Nat was like, oh, we are seeing a different side we of Jim Carrey. We could do this like adult villain, yeah. as it were. We could do an adult villain. Yeah. Even with that, it's hard to picture the Jim Carrey version of yeah, this Yeah, I, I don't love it, but I, I'm, I'm not like mad about it. I like it better than Nicolas Cage. Who was flat out offered the role, but <gasps> couldn't do it because he was doing adaptation. Which, which you know what much better this worked out great for everybody yes. then agreed agreed but i mean nick cage green goblin you know it'd be good you know it'd be amazing it'd be, it'd loud. be bananas it would be something it you would, would never forget bananas like of course you would have to have the eyes and the mouth like uncovered so you could see his like bananas like Listener, googly Nick Cage I eyes. wish you could have seen the little sneaky smile that just like crept up on Jeff's face as he was talking about, you know, it'd be good. Well, you know, just listener. like excited, like a Come sweet on. little boy on Christmas. I mean, of course, Wilma Defoe was the best choice, but Nick Cage would be going for well, it. Well, that's true. You can't accuse the man of phoning it in. Maybe combine it with adaptation. We get two Nick Cages. No. We get the. <laughs> I almost didn't see adaptation because I was like, I can't handle two Nicholas Cages, and this is in 2001. <laughs> I was like, oof, no, that's too many Nicolas Cages. You know, his adaptation co-star, Chris Cooper, is technically, nor he's you never, you never see him as Green Goblin, but he is Norman Osborn in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I was about Spider-Man to say, movies. Chris Cooper, actually, a great choice. He's Dane DeHaan, is Harry Osborn, he's Dane DeHaan's father, who's just like, has one scene where he's like dying in bed of a goblin disease, because it's some kind of hereditary, he's like, his hand is like a claw, it's like some kind of like, you're gonna succumb to this goblin disease as well, no idea, but in 2002, yeah, I mean Green Goblin, but Chris Cooper as our J. Jonah Jameson. That's He's great. someone I see That's yelling for pictures great. of Spider-Man. Hey, hey, hey. 
And the whole time, it's his American Beauty son, Wes Bentley as Spider-Man. Look, it all ties together. <laughs> Hollywood, small town. So those are all the characters I found other casting options for, but there are a few characters we didn't mention. I want to briefly touch on them. Cliff Robertson as Ben Parker, hey. so good. This was his first film for Columbia Pictures in 25 years because the studio had blacklisted him since 1977 when he discovered that his own signature had been forged on a check written by a studio executive, which the exec was using to embezzle money from Columbia. And Columbia wanted to sweep the scandal under the rug, but Robertson spoke out about it publicly. So they were like, we're just not going to work with you again then. When they're the ones at fault. Right. That is crummy. Yeah. But I'm glad that they... What? They're like, you know what? Maybe we were wrong and yeah. it's been long enough and Let's you fix, could come be Uncle fix Ben. His bad blood because he is so good in this. He's so beautiful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful performance. And and like little touches that I remember, I think from like some behind the scenes of that, that he like added in like little bits, like like calling Tom McGuire, like Michelangelo. Michelangelo. That he added that. Aww. Like stuff like that. These little touches of like, hey, Michelangelo, don't forget, we're going to paint the kitchen after school. It's that kind of stuff that humanizes him and makes it, makes you feel the connection. It feels so real. This whole home life, like the three yeah. of them together of him, Rosemary Harris, and Tobey Maguire. I'm like, yeah, I'm so by this mm-hmm. family dynamic. James Franco as Harry Osborne. He's fine. He's, I mean, I think he does a, a decent uh, yeah. job. I get it. I mean, it honestly is like, I see it a lot more as this than I would as Peter Parker. And I'm like, yeah, you oh, are like, you're just yeah. too slick. And I don't like you. <laughs> I do not like you. <laughs> So, okay, I I have a a little something on James Franco. So one of my dear friends and a listener, hello out there, you know who you are, um, was at Yale uh, getting their master's in acting when James Franco was there taking a bunch of classes because he wanted to. And so I I texted them last night and I was like, hey, you got any anecdotes? Because I I knew that like he was like knocking around campus around this time. So they sent me just two little things. He was at Yale. I thought he was at NYU. He was just taking classes at oh, Yale. Oh, wow. He wasn't like, uh, to my knowledge, well, I yeah. could begin this wrong. He wasn't like trying to get a degree. He was just like taking a bunch of classes because uh, the guy uh, won't stop. Right, right, right. So anyway, um, I'm just going to read you these two, two just like little somethings. Nothing, nothing Famously, like earth shattering. the guy won't stop. Famously. Um, so here we are. The first one, I audited a Jacobean Shakespeare class in the English department that he was taking. The week we read Hamlet, the teacher somehow thought it was a good idea to ask him to read excerpts. I don't Mm. remember what soliloquy it was, but it was so awkward because he clearly didn't want to, but participation was part of your grade. And he had so much pressure to be good, but was trying to play against that. So he kind of mumbled the whole thing. I felt so bad for him, but also so giddy. Like I got a really avant-garde performance. (laughs) And then the other little tidbit is the morning after he hosted that terrible Academy Awards show with Anne Hathaway, he was back in class like he hosted, maybe partied, flew across the country overnight and came to class. I was so impressed and surprised by that. I wish I had a really filthy, gossipy story, but this is what I got. All right. Fair enough. But I thought that was very interesting. I was like, all right, well, you know, you're going for it. Sure. As we said, we had Macho Man Randy Savage's Bonesaw, iconic. Early in his career, Savage wrestled under the name The Spider. Oh, that's that's a nice little gem. 
And yeah, we, a lot of fun cameos in the film. Bruce Campbell as the ring announcer, which is funny. He's in all of these Sam Raimi's yeah, Spider-Man Yeah, of course. Movies. It's like, this is my guy. But, but he's so, different character. so well cast in this. Being like, yes. we're just going to give you basically yeah. a cameo, but a cameo that you can crush. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I could see the version of him with J. Jonah Jameson. Really yes. more made today. Or even a version where he's Norman Osborn, you know? Yeah, true. I mean, it's a campier version, but like, yeah. I don't mind that. Uh, and we get some before they were stars. We get Sarah Ramirez of Grey's Anatomy and of Broadway yeah. fame as this one cop. Uh, we get Octavia Spencer as the, uh, the the woman checking in Tobey Maguire to the wrestling ring. It's like, you sure you want to do this that? This like, is gonna get featherweight murdered. division. Right. No, yeah, she's great. It's just like, like four lines and crushing mm-hmm. it. You're like, this is a future Academy Award winner in the making. So back to James Cameron's bananas version of Whoa. this briefly. <laughs> he had Dr. Octopus in his movie. No, I don't believe a Granny Green Goblin. And he wanted Dr. Octopus to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this would have been the version with Edward Furlong as Peter Parker mm-hmm. and Arnold. So we're, we're reprising their chemistry from Terminator 2. Sure. Uh, but he had, amongst other things, Doc Ock had an assistant named Wiener that is the one that killed Uncle Ben. Uh, he had Doc Ock's catchphrase was okie dokie. <laughs> Maybe not a catchphrase so much as that constantly in the script, <laughs> Dr. Octopus was going okie dokie. But you want Arnold to be constantly going okie dokie. Uh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. And in the canon version, when they would have had Dr. Octopus, they wanted Bob Hoskins. I was like, Bob Fosse? Where are you going with this? Bob Hoskins. Tom Cruise as your Peter Parker. Deborah Winger as Mary Jane. Stan Lee as J. Jonah Jameson, uh, either Lauren Bacall or possibly Catherine Hepburn as your Aunt May and Bob Hoskins as Dr. I mean, at it's that a point, stacked cast. At that point when they had, you know, they would just have to have had awkwardly glued on these octopus legs to Bob Hoskins. He's wearing some backpack. There's no oh CGI. Although famously, they mainly used practical with Alfred Molina, which is why they're also, it's so good. I thought good you were going to say famously, too. they mainly use practical in canon films. No. Like, yeah, they're just well, they're falling just out of helicopters. You know? uh, but yeah, Bob Hoskins, like amazing. Also, Bob Hoskins as J. Jonah jameson oh yeah come on yelling for pictures of spider-man that's what i want that's what i want uh so final thoughts amy joe any characters we didn't touch on any moments in the film we didn't get to no i'll end with this then hugh jackman revealed that he was supposed to have a brief cameo as wolverine and had showed up to new york to film the scene but the plan was scrapped when the crew couldn't get access to the Wolverine costume from X-Men. But, but... Many butts. You'd, th- you'd think that, like, okay, if he has been flown to New York, that he is, like, his agent has negotiated this deal for him. One would they, think. They have, one would think and hope. So, like, they've negotiated enough to get Jackman, but not enough to get the wardrobe from... Also, it's not like whatever superman showing up it's like in those x-men films he's just wearing like black leather it's like he could just be dressed in his regular civilian yeah, clothes. His day drag baby just put him in wearing some that jeans day drag <laughs> yeah like just get him so some mutton chops and you're good to bananas go. to me yes well maybe they yeah maybe they didn't have access to the hair 
They didn't have, they didn't have, they didn't have the wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But wow. that we, in 2002, like if they were like Spider-Man 2, we're having Spider-Man teaming up with Wolverine or like Peter Parker joins the, X, the next X-Men movie. Wow. Yeah. When, with all the rights issues that like now we're more aware of as a public, I feel like, yeah. uh, that goes into how much they have to negotiate all of this. Uh, it's bananas to picture that we could have had 20 years ago Wolverine and Spider-Man in a movie together. When we still do not have that today. Sure don't. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. If you want to know what movie we're doing next or just follow our general shenanigans, you can find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.